Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes covering hot new entries, like this movie from 2017. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? I'm red hot, Darren. I'm white hot. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. How are, how, are, how, are, how, are, how are you, Darren? Um, are, you, are, you, are you ready for this new entry? Um, this, this hot new entry. It's been it's been a long week. I've I've been like I saw sixty films at the Dublin Film Festival. Then on Monday on Monday it was the release of the Oscar nominations. Then on Tuesday it was like the embargo drops for Zack Snyder's Justice League. On Wednesday it's like oh no the embargo drops for Falcon and Winter Soldier and it's St Patrick's Day. And then I open my phone yesterday and discover that oh my god apparently Zack Snyder's Justice League is the seventy seventh best movie of all time according to the IMDb. I did not see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, how did you not how did you not see this coming? Because you aren't you Mr. IMDB? I feel like I have to resign the mantle. You're I'm gonna have to spend like two by hours. Randomness. Yeah, two hours of this podcast, I'm just gonna be Darren Mooney, and then there's gonna be a big action sequence in the middle where I reveal myself to be Mr. IMDB. Andrew will be like, look at that website. That's your symbol. It's like, oh, oh. but um, yes. So as listeners may already have heard, we have a very special guest joining us for this discussion. He, if I am Mr. IMDb, this is Mr. DCEU. It's the wonderful Graham Day, who if listeners may remember Graham from, he's done a host of stuff with us in the past, but in, in particular for inviting myself and Andrew to discuss Zack Snyder's previous two entries in the DCEU, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. I have never forgotten it, and Andrew has never forgiven it. Um, but it's a, a wonderful conversation, bonus episode. You can go back and listen to it. If we were going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, there was only one guest it was ever going to be. It's going to be you. How are you, Graham? Oh, God. I'm in a hot box of emotion, Darren. Hot box of emotion. All right. It's amazing. So, I, I feel wonderful and terrified all at the same time. All right. So before we, we kind of jump in and maybe talk about the history I know you are very excited about this. You are a big DC fan. I'm a big DC fan as well, but I, I kind of pale in comparison to you. Like <laughs> I, I'm I'm Superman and you are the sun, you know? So <laughs> I know that this has been a big thing for you. I know you've been like very excited about this. I know that you've been very interested in the whole journey towards the release of this four-hour epic version of Justice League. So can I ask you, just without spoilers... Maybe just briefly, what was it like for you sitting down and watching this movie? Was it everything you hoped? It it was. Um, I was really happy about it. And and funny enough, I, I'm not one of those Snyder bros, which is a horrible name and is also accurate to the degree of some of the fans. Um, but I, I was really excited. And I also felt, I, I, I'll be honest, I never thought that it would, this, would cut, this would come to be. I never thought yeah. that we would actually get this four-hour behemoth uh to appear uh, on any kind of screen i thought it was going to be lost to the annals of time and spoken in hushed whispers or very very loud whispers over the internet as as is the nothing way ever dies well, nothing ever dies now in the post-apocalypse in in which in, we are in now yeah but in sky world where all the rich yeah. people live they presumably yes. have the snyder cars Yes. Yeah. Well, those uh, of us below have to do with the Joss Whedon. Up there. Yeah. Well, the commoners get the Joss Whedon cut. Yes. Oh God. Um. Yeah. I. I honestly, I never thought we'd get this. I didn't. Um. I was just as happy. Uh. As as I'd say, a certain level of fans were to realize, yes, this is coming. Yes, this has the blessing of not only Warner Brothers but also of the cast, uh, the crew, 
uh, of everyone that were that was a part of it, I, and that that there could there could actually be a film about the making of this film. There could be a story told across like a, a mini series about what happened behind the scenes for this film. How long would that be? Like, <laughs> ah, I mean, three, six hour, six episodes. I think, you know? like, you're not. I was watching a thing because I was trying. I was trying to remind myself of what the chapters were called. So rather than rewinding and having to watch. Sorry, I won't reveal it out. No, that's going to. Sorry. Um, anyway, I because it's a four-hour-long movie. I, I figured I'd save some time by by looking up the chapters. And I discovered that, like, not only is it telling you to watch it in different days, but to to watch it along with other like complementary media, um, and that you the the like if. If you happen to be maybe you know furloughed from 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 work, then maybe you have like a spare six seven days um, to to to, to watch this over. Because presumably you can't wait six or seven weeks to watch this. It'll be it'll have been spoiled. Um, yes. Yeah. So okay. Anyway, sorry. I I um I I forget what my point was. Um. <laughs> well, okay, let's very briefly talk about the history of this project. So my, we talked with Graham about Batman versus Superman and about Man of Steel. Those movies, what had happened was Zack Snyder was picked in 2011 uh, by Warner Brothers with Christopher Nolan as his champion to basically reboot Superman and bring Superman to the modern age. Superman, wor- sorry, Zack Snyder, not Superman, that's his secret identity. Zack Snyder <laughs> worked on Man of Steel um, and released in 2013. It was a controversial movie. It garnered mixed reviews from critics, but it performed relatively well. It earned something like $680 million at the box office, which was a huge success for Superman as a character. Superman's last film, Superman Returns, had been a box office disappointment and a critical, critically underwhelming film. And so this was seen as being kind of a new revival. And Warner Brothers basically said, okay, we are all in on the Snyder train. This guy knows what he's doing. What we're going to do is this made $680 million worldwide. If we throw Batman into the next one and just let Snyder do what he wants to do, then we'll have a bona fides billion dollar hit in our hand. And there's no way critics will hate it. It'll be fantastic. Then Batman versus Superman happens. Um, It garners a, let's call it less than enthusiastic response. Uh, There's a critical pylon. More than that, its box office is only about $800 million worldwide. It's still enough to turn a $100 million profit, but it doesn't break the billion dollars, which is seen as being the threshold for success for a movie like this. It also becomes a an internet joke. Things like the Martha scene being treated as a punchline. Things like, do you bleed? Well, it's ridiculous, though, because it's like, if it had made... Nine hundred and ninety-nine million people would be like, "What a, what a disaster! What a failure! Yeah, <laughs> what, a, like, what a mess! But it makes like a billion and one uh, dollars." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's a, a, there's a there's a club that everyone's just like so wanted to be in now, the Billion Club. Yeah, um, Jesus. So there's there now, panic. now that there are billionaires, my millions <laughs> don't mean anything. It, it's by like hundreds of that amount of money means the film must be this good, meaning that by that logic, all indie films are terrible uh, okay but the the point is warner brothers start to panic and you can see almost immediately that they begin to they hold set visits uh months after batman superman's release they take people like devin farachi from birth death movies uh and steve weintraub from collider and put them on the set of justice league and they say we promise it's going to be a lighter movie it's going to be a funner movie it's going to be adventurous and playful and goofy and people are going to make jokes it's going to be fantastic we brought in joss whedon to work on the script and you know this kind of continues and then 
in March 2017, roughly a year after um, the release of Batman vs. Superman, um, the fa- Snyder family suffers a terrible um, tragedy. The suicide, the, the, the death of their daughter, Autumn, who took her own life. Um, as a result of this, Snyder, who had been locked in pitched battles with the studio over things like tone and length and content, decides he just doesn't have it in it anymore. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to be with his wife, Deborah, who's producer, and with his other kids um, who are also working through this. So he takes a step back. And then Warner Brothers tap Joss Whedon on the shoulder. They draft him in and they say, make this like you made Avengers, the billion dollar Avengers, and release it in November 2017. Whedon comes in, he shoots a massive amount of new material. Uh, pretty much all of Henry Cavill's scenes are reshot. A large number of Ben Affleck scenes are reshot. And characters are pretty much completely removed from the narrative, like Cyborg, The Flash, and Aquaman. Um, yeah. And that movie is released in cinemas. It does not do well. It is poorly reviewed. And it loses uh, somewhere in the reach of about $100 million. Um, it is a spectacular failure and an embarrassment for Warner Brothers. The failure of Justice League is why you end up with films like Joker, uh, because that isn't tied to continuity, because the continuity is so messed up. Over the years, Snyder suggests uh, on the platform Vivio that he has a cut of his own version of the movie using just footage that he shot that he would at some point like to show some people. Um, and... That is becomes known as the Snyder Cut. It becomes mythic. It's kind of shared online. And it's ne- it looks like it's never going to happen. Nobody ever thinks it's going to happen. Then the pandemic hits. Uh, all, this, all the services, all the companies need streaming services. So Disney Plus, HBO Max. Warner Brothers realized that there's a big online demand for this. They also realized that because all the footage has been shot already, it can be done via post, which means it can be done cheaply and it can be done uh, remotely. So they greenlight the release of the Snyder Cut. Now, Andrew... Release the Snyder 4. (laughs) (laughs) Careful, we haven't even hit hashtag restore the Snyderverse. That's a separate thing. Oh my goodness. Andrew mentioned this, the six parts. It has six parts. The reason why... Is it the Snyder 6? (laughs) Release the Snyder 6. But it's a movie in six parts. Um, It's designed for viewing as a miniseries in some ways. Like, you know the way that Netflix joke about watching The Irishman as a miniseries. By by the way, at four hours, this is longer than like Avatar, Lawrence of Arabia, um, you know, Gone with the Wind. This is, if it was released in cinemas, I believe that um, Matt Soller-Seat said that it would be the second longest movie ever released in cinemas if cinemas were open now at the moment in terms of length, uh, which is quite striking. And it was in six parts, but it was released as a movie because of rights issues. Because if they released it as a miniseries, it would actually, they'd have to pay residuals to actors and it would cost more money. So that's why it's in the format that it is. So yeah, so Andrew, you have not seen Joss Whedon's Justice League from 2017. Would I be fair in saying that? Sorry, Graham, why are you surprised? I yeah. refuse to watch it with you. Yeah, do you if I were going this? to watch it, it would have been with you, yeah. uh, Graham. Oh my god. Graham doesn't remember this. Like The reason why Darren and Graham discussed Joss Whedon's Justice League episode was a speaking geek episode and not a 250 crossover ah, yes. yeah, was because yeah, we asked that. Andrew and Andrew said, Jesus Christ, why would I do that? Well, um, I, I think I might have said maybe. <laughs> and then and then, I, and then I watched and then uh, Jesus Man came of in. Steel and um, uh, BBS the BBS Dodge. Um, nice, yes, and, it is BBS Dodge. 
and I, I, yeah, I think it was after that that like I, I, uh, it made what what are the yeah that it made it made watching Man of Steel and BVS Dodge made BVS Dodge seem better, <laughs> which um, which which is strange because because Man of Steel was so bad, but it's like there's this movie that I thought was bad to begin with, and then there is a movie which is which is actually worse than that, and there's more in the series. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'll watch it, but not for not for some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, if 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 the if the money is there, yeah. <laughs> if we're chasing if, those sweet hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if our non-existent Patreon like yeah. can can sufficiently um, re- recompense us realistically, if it's for a good cause, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do it. Um, uh, but no, no, I haven't. Is 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 the answer? Huh. Um, I've not seen. The uh, I I I released the the Whedon God. Um, <laughs> like, no, we, no, I've been waiting too long to see it, <laughs> and um and it's not right that I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah. There's there's the there's restore the Whedon verse is the new hashtag <laughs> that we're starting on this particular podcast. Well, no, um, and what's kind of interesting about the Snyder cut of Justice League is that is and this surprises this genuinely surprises me as somebody who like on the podcast for man of steel and batman versus superman i'm not a huge fan of man of steel but i admire what is attempting and i actually kind of like batman v superman but the weird thing about the release of the snyder cut of justice league is that it has garnered like actual positive warm reception that is Mm. markedly different in tone to the coverage of Man of Steel or Batman v Superman. Um, it is not only on the IMDb 250, which neither of those two movies were, not that that's a huge indicator of itself. Again, it is perhaps a very IMDb movie. But like, here are some snippets of quotes from reviewers. So Matt Zoller-Seist described it as the kind of brazen or tourist vision that Martin Scorsese was calling for when he complained rightly that most modern superhero movies don't resemble cinema as he's always understood and valued it. Zeitz goes on to compare it to works of art like San Diego and stuff like that as well. At The Telegraph, Robbie Cullen described it as the last word on Hollywood's comic book blockbuster phase, however many more years the industry managed to wring out of it. At Variety, Owen Gleiberman suggested the film achieved a genuine sweeping transcendence matched by few other entries in the genre. And that turnaround is stunning to me. Like, I, whatever about, like, the opinions of the film, but, like, the way in which it was received is is dizzying to me. Which is, like, the surprise that it got on the IMDb 250 and the surprise that you have of the reviews suggests that the... the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> what that, I think you, of this movie. That you, yeah, that you may not agree with either the IMDb um, or, or, or with the... With, with with the reviewers, I would actually agree with um, uh, 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 Robbie Collins. I thought he was great in uh, Nuns on the Run, um, <laughs> and, um, uh, but I'll, 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 I guess I guess when we get to the spoiler zone or yeah. at some point, maybe, <laughs> some I'll, point maybe whatever. I'll reveal why um, I um, I agree with him. Um, oh, okay, all right, yeah, and well, I think it's suggested in 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 the full kind of version of that of of that pull quote as well um, yeah. um the I one mean, the get... one that you gave there the one that which is the one from matt seller's eyes is it the... no no from from from, 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 um, Robbie, Col- from Robbie cullen 
Coltrane. <laughs> from, from, from Hagrid. From Hagrid, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Sorry. well, okay. Well, then I guess that's kind of a nice segue because I do have things that I want to talk about just in general before we jump into the spoiler zone, but I think this is a nice segue. So Graham, as our guest, as our DCEU expert, Mr. DCEU, do you think yep. that Zack Snyder's four-hour epic Justice League belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made uh i i i suppose i've actually wrestled with this and i'm not quite sure but i have to ask are any are there any superhero films on the imdb 250 oh there are plenty yeah like all three of nolan's batman movies are on there for example uh endgame and uh infinity war on there in fact uh justice league actually jumped ahead of uh endgame okay um Um, joker is still on there as well yes there's plenty of stuff i suppose then in the comic book genre yes i believe it should be on the top 250 and you said what it's now because when you first showed me the the uh, screenshot, you showed me 117. I can't believe it's jumped to 77. Well, it's now back down at 86, to be fair. The, oh, okay. the balance yeah. is being restored to the universe, yes. apparently. Yes. I sense that there's a strong uh, action reaction. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it should be that high. But yes, I believe... Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, because it's just... And we'll speak about this further in the spoiler zone. I, there's something different about it when I was watching it, that felt different to other uh, superhero comic book films of the genre. It just felt different. If Man of Steel was the, you know, the infant, but BVS was the angsty teen, this is the mature um, person going into adulthood. And I suppose, yeah, it deserves to be there for what it achieves on several levels. Okay. And Andrew, what about yourself? Uh, do I know? Um, well, <laughs> do you know, Andrew? That's uh, the question. Do I know? Yeah. Do I do I know whether this should be on the IMDb two fifty? Who am I to um, say? That is the question. <laughs> um, uh, did you say go? Um, <laughs> Thank um, you, Andrew. No. Um, what's I uh, Like it's. Uh, I sub- I guess it's difficult to say. Um, uh, like you know, it, 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 I mean, it is on on the whether <laughs> whether whether it will stay or kind of like in in, down, in, yeah. in in inverted commas uh, deserve to stay on on the list. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. It's it, it's impressive, I guess. Um, is 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 one thing I would say about it, and it's also kind of um, representative, I think, as well. Of is this the Robbie Collins thing of the superhero genre? Is it? Yeah, I think I think it it it, it has something to say, and I I think it it it's it's something that's not um, very encouraging. <laughs> For um for 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 the genre or for film in general, but as a kind of a mark of where we are <laughs> and where we're going oh, and how long we have left. It, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and this is it, what Andrew thought two hours into the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting kind of a um a thing to 
to say about about movies <laughs> when they no longer make them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love the idea that like WandaVision is this gigantic metaphor for what it's like to live inside the superhero bubble in a monoculture mm. dominated by Marvel where you're just being saturated with Marvel stuff all the time. I also yeah. then like Andrew's suggestion of like the, uh, the <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League as a metaphor for what it feels like to be in the middle of that because there's always more. It's like you think <laughs> yeah. there's, you think it has to be I mean, reaching the end, but it's not. It's um, very meta as well because it's all about like kind of um, opening boxes about about being like careful of of, of so doing many Pandora so. boxes. Um, yeah, 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 and like, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I guess we'll. I maybe is my answer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, what about gonna, yourself, Darren? I'm going to couch on the maybe there. I think in terms of as a film itself, I would argue definitely not. I don't think, like, it's, if you need a superhero movie on there, I think Nolan's Batman movies are better. I think maybe, you know, there's an argument for at least one of the Marvel movies to be on there in terms of cultural impact. Um, I think, you know, this is, this is maybe not Snyder's best work if you want to put something very visually distinctive from Snyder on there. If you were constructing an argument, and this is again Darren playing devil's advocate, it's like both sides of the fence are very comfortable. But if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted to construct an argument for putting Snyder's Justice League on there, and being honest, this is why I think the reaction to it has been warmer. And I'm, I'm again, this is just me guessing. I'm not speaking with any authority. I'm probably completely wrong, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, but I think why the reaction to this has been much more positive and much more strong and why you've had like rogerebert.com describing it as one of the great cinematic accomplishments in the history of the medium Um, why that is is because of the time at which it arrives and part of that is arguably just the pandemic in that like we haven't been in cinemas for god knows how long i mean we got lucky we got to go out and go and see tenet but like if you're in the states or if you're in the uk or if you're in another place like that you haven't had access to a cinema and this is a big blockbuster of the kind you were largely denied last year and it's very much an argument for cinema as a spectacle more than that though i think there's something more fundamental in the appeal that it has and and it it has this appeal for me as well. I just don't think it overrides for me some qualitative concerns I have about the film itself. But it represents a triumph of artistic vision within the studio system that doesn't really happen anymore. In, I can't think of any <clears throat> any recent time that's ever happened. In that, well, I mean, in that, I mean, like, sorry. No, I, um, I, I, I kind of like agree. I, I feel like it's a. It's a, it it's the triumph and the tragedy. Yeah. Of this movie, uh, of this our yeah, era. Of, well, no, our, of our of of like artistic vision. Yeah. And there's something kind of like beautiful and terrible about that. <laughs> All inspiring in the biblical sense. Well no, yeah. like like because we, like again, you know, that Martin Scorsese reference that was dropped by Zeitz is not coincidence. It's like he wrote that wonderful essay for Harper where Scorsese talked about the idea of art becoming content and like Scorsese's big rant against the Marvel films which are not actually about the films themselves if you read the fecking argument uh, but like Marvel fans get really upset about it when he's like like Scorsese's talked about how much he loves um, who gets like, upset about it I, I know not, not me <laughs> not I am you obviously not me. <laughs> but, like, yeah, not at all Darren but like Scorsese's talked about how much he loves say Sam Raimi's Spider-Man for example you know and like he loves certain super Gilmero del Toro's Hellboy but he's concerned about how the bulk of 
industry and film industry and where the money goes and what garners the attention and what earns box office and what takes up screens and what gets released is what he describes as content. It is product. It is factory assembled, designed to specification and going to fit a very particular pattern or mold. And like, I would argue that you saw this with the theatrical cut of Justice League. Where, and again, this is it's a really weird argument to have about a movie about Batman and Superman punching demons. But anyway, but like, you saw that with the theatrical of Justice League, where you had Batman v Superman, where the reaction to it was mockery and laughter and derision. And Warner Brothers' response to that was to hire the guy who had made the Marvel Cinematic Universe what it was, and to tell him to do the same with their intellectual property. Just repeat the trick, apply the formula. Uh, and make it so that it's like all those other superhero movies so we can break a billion worldwide. And what I kind of like about the Snyder Cut is that it's a repudiation of that. It's an erasure of that. This is a Zack Snyder movie through and through. Not just visually, I would argue thematically as well. It contains a lot yeah. of stuff that interests him, a lot of stuff that he's very engaged with personally. It, it's a work and a labor of, and again, the way he's talked about it, like a labor of love for him and the way in which it's like dedicated to his daughter and very much constructed in, in ode to his daughter. Like it's dedicated for Autumn. The much derided um, Alleluia song that plays uh, at various points in it is the song that played at his daughter's funeral. Um, that's why it's included there. There's a moment in the film, and this isn't a spoiler, where Barry Allen and Bruce Wayne get into a car and drive away and the camera pans across to a a giant advertisement saying you are not alone for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, uh, which is the charity that's... I did Snyder always wonder what that was. I, I never noticed the suicide prevention part of it. I just noticed you're not alone. Yeah, but it, again... Uh, no, I, actually, that's actually a very nice touch. But it, I, like, I noticed that as well. I, I found that very jarring, but I, but I, but I also... Yeah, I well, also I I was also kind of it 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 was jarring because like it it it's it's a um it's a lovely um uh kind of a a, a sentiment and mm. it, it, like the 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 kind of thing um that you maybe don't see in enough of 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 not not that like you know the the. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, but but that 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 it was so kind of um, if it si situating it amongst some of the like um, action sequences, action and... sequence and kind of the growth product placement. Yes, like the Gillette Razor and the kind of Mercedes Benz. Oh, like they get into a they get into a that's still yeah yeah, yeah. That, and bend, I, I, I I like like I I will I will. Like I had mixed feelings about it. Like I obviously I think I I I think I I think it's great that it is that it, that 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 it was in there, and and I'm 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 very kind of it's I I think it's heartening to hear as well the 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 kind of the the, the reason um uh behind that um and I'm glad I guess that that uh, that that had like you know that opportunity to be in a movie, mm. um. That, so yeah. So, yeah, yeah know, anyway, but, sorry. No, no, but like that—that that me, Darren. No, no, no. Well, that, that would be that would be my big argument for like justifying it being on the two hundred and fifty is that it is undeniably 
a filmmaker's intent and a celebration of filmmakers intent in a way that doesn't always exist with this level of blockbuster production anymore and i think like when we get to talking about it it is a strangely personal film from snyder and like it's a really strange thing to say that it's a strangely personal movie about like two of the most recognizable intellectual property brands in the world that also sell you Dillette razors. Again, this is what Andrew described as the like the, the triumph and the tragedy, the weirdness of this movie kind of like situating and kind of perhaps representing the future of cinema or a future of cinema. But anyway, mm. that, that's enough for now, I think. Graham, would it be on your own personal 250, your own 250 uh... favorite movies ever? Yes, because uh, no, no doubt, like for me, it's... It's what I've wanted to see in a Justice League film, at least a Justice League film. I mean, God knows what the future is going to be like for DC. You, you know, flip a coin each day and they'll have a different plan. Um, but yeah, Graham saying this, hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I mean, I don't want to say it because I don't want to be lumped in with like the really fervent <laughs> cult-like uh, level of fandom with him. But yeah, I would like to see where this this story goes. I would like, and they leave it wide open. Oh, like they he, leave he, it wide open for a continuation. He very deliberately, um, and again, this yes. isn't a spoiler because he like the pre-release press for this was it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, like they say it. They say it in the press. It's just like, yeah, we're going to have a big cliffhanger and uh, three, deal with three it. big cliffhangers. And I kind of, I kind of ad- four big, and I kind <laughs> so many. I kind of adore that it's like. Zach is like Snyder's getting his like Zach you've got this one big chance to like wrap up your your thesis statement on these characters to draw the curtain down mm. to say this is what my version of superheroes look like and the thing that he does is he punts all of it on yeah but I really want to make another one like that, that yeah it's like he was he was meant like- to he was meant to close his account and he started all these direct edits <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like- what well, what I will say is about that is that the great thing about comics, and in particular DC comics, is there are multiple universes. There are multiple timelines. There is an ending. Like, there is a point where if you cut off, there is an ending to this. To this story that you'll go, oh, they clearly all you know, rode off into the sunset and the world is better for it. But there is then a point where he goes, okay, but... When you say a point, you a mean multiverse. like 25 minutes? Yes. Okay, just... Yes. Yeah. Where this film is basically three and a half hours long. And there's a point where it's like, this is it. This is the end. This is, this universe is now, you know, we're going to run off the sunset. You know, there are going to be further adventures, but we don't need to see them. And then a, a second passes and he goes, but as we all know, there's, this is also a multiverse. And guess what? <laughs> and that's kind of what I felt like towards those three endings. Maybe, maybe, yeah, three endings. And that's kind of what I thought. So yeah, it's the 250 for, it's definitely in my 250 because there's still a lot to dissect. It's a lot of fun. And if you're stuck on an island and you need to while away the hours, four hours of a film will definitely do it. How would this rank for you in terms of DCEU films? Is this the best in, of them? It, and is this in your top 10 personally or whatever? Or? It's, I mean, there's so many DC films. Um, and I'm talking, D, like you said there, DC films. Um, I don't know. I like. I'd have to look at what's out there, and you know, there's so many bad ones that don't talk, get talked about. Like I mean, are we including, Tom Cruise are we including when Steel? he's asked like, <laughs> <laughs> what film specifically do you like? Yeah, it's like, well, the whole experience <laughs> well, of watching—they're just all so great. Yeah, the whole experience <laughs> of watching a DCU film, sitting down, getting the popcorn, love the smell of popcorn. It's really great. <laughs> the sticky floors, <laughs> people on their phone. <laughs> The thing is, for me, this is, for me, and this is just a personal thing, uh, perhaps, 
this is my Man of Steel trilogy. Like, because we never got a true Man of Steel sequel, it's Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and then Justice League. Because it the tells Snyder a full cult. story of... You know, <laughs> the, uh, it tells a full journey uh, for Superman. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Right. Uh, so yeah, this is my 250. Oh. This is in my 250. This is uh, my trilogy for at least the Snyderverse. And yeah, um, it's also a very nice film. Right. I just really enjoy. And Andrew, what about yourself? Um, no, <laughs> um, I, 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 I think like, I, it's not, it wasn't my thing and that's fine. The thing that kind of ad, ad, annoys me about it though, <laughs> and makes me want to kind of, um, dig the boot in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is that it is so much what people wanted like and that it's so much not what people need i guess i don't, well, in 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 they some sense need a film no no it. they you don't but i i think that this is i think if you were to have it on a desert island i suspect and i may be wrong but i suspect if you had it on a desert island you would spend um like a fair amount of time some time anyway unpacking it and then realizing that there's nothing um uh on on underneath or that the oh. the the kind of whole of the parts um <laughs> aren't 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 more than the parts themselves and that it like like you've been tricked into bringing <laughs> this, I would say this, you'd this say that about to, the Justice League film own. from twenty seventeen, not this one. Oh, <laughs> I kinda of love that I've kind of man- I managed to pit I'm like Max Luther, I managed to pit our Batman <laughs> and Superman against one another. Um but they, yeah. Well, like if Graham is correct and now. I am wrong, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, it's just opinion. Jesus. No, like, like no. In in terms of um, like it is on the IMDb <laughs> two fifty. Graham you won. Know, Graham won. Basically, that doesn't it, mean. Hey, I don't. I don't. I don't want that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, don't do that. It rings so hollow when you say that. It's on the IMDb, <laughs> as if it's some kind of thing. <laughs> you were Welcome happy. You were really, yeah, you were really happy when. Okay, I thought. Sorry, I was surprised. Um, what the the it, it's I um it's interesting how I can how I can destroy <laughs> Graham's mood. <laughs> By saying, Graham, Nothing you're enough. really happy, and that's yeah. great. <laughs> so now I don't want to be happy. So <laughs> um, true. And for myself, um... you condescend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, they, yeah, not, 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 not personally. And and I guess furthermore, I think it says like bad things about kind of right? oh and, like the, I, it's. I think they people like I people I guess and I understand what you mean, Darren. And I I I kind of like I feel a bit of that too. But ultimately, like if you have a four-hour movie, you're going to be able to say what you want to say. <laughs> and and I, I I think if they said to everybody that you can do that the way they do with Scorsese and Snyder, then they're going to go ahead and do it. We're going to spend more time watching movies and less time living life. And, and, and not only that, like, we're going to be made movies that are to our specifications and people don't know what's good for them. Um uh, you know, they. Um, I don't know. It's it's not. I I don't think it's the place of art to just kind of feed you what you want, like until you shit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
So, Andrew, how do you feel about the, the director's cut of uh, the extended cuts of the just of uh, Lord of the Rings films? I've never seen like any of those. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Breed, um, for example, Breed's never seen the theatrical cut. She's only seen the extended cuts, and she views them as the true versions of I, the film. We should let listeners I, know I, that I, Andrew will be watching the extended cuts for the first time starting this Christmas. Um, yeah, oh, wow. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen... You should have read on for that. She's a huge, the, um, she's a huge the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Um, the I was the Twin Towers. Was the that two what towers, it was called? Two Towers. The Two, two towers. towers. That was a Not, different thing. Adam. Right. Sorry. Yeah, we don't talk no, about that I, before. I, I yeah, didn't even before. mean that as a joke. No, um, no, no, we know that. Uh, we know that. Uh, happens to me sometimes. The The Two Towers was on um, on a bus ride, and I decided to sleep. Instead, in, in, instead of watches. Um, Wait, hold on. I was on that bus ride. You, f- yeah, if I remember correctly, would that have been Red <laughs> No, I, I thought no. You would have, you would have been good at playing rugby, but Fair you point. never tried. <laughs> so, um, the the no, it, it was on, it was on a a rugby um, oh, okay. uh, bus. You may have been on another bus that showed it. the two towers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the two buses uh, showing bus the two towers. What it knew its audience. Oh. Yeah, the so no, no, I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I haven't seen those movies. I, I will, I will, I guess, um, I guess I've, I've, um, Darren will tell me that this was my idea <laughs> somehow. <laughs> uh, but no, what, later what I, on, when it happens, but I, I guess I am going to see all of the the joys um, of gaslighting. Well, no, that's a day. we can we can watch the theatrical cuts instead. But I suspect, given that we are actually having people who love those movies on, we'll probably all agree to watch the extended cuts. And when I say we all, I mean everyone except Andrew, and then we'll guilt Andrew into going along with it. You know what? I I I, I think it was partly my prejudice. I think it's that I didn't like fantasy, and I think playing playing Dungeons and Dragons the last year has taught me that fantasy is just a um a way of um of telling uh, stories. And mm. and, and for, for me in the audience, uh, Andrew, can you tell me what race you play? I'm a mountain dwarf. Oh, cool! Um, nice. What level have you reached? In uh, five. In, oh, nice! Yeah, nice. They, in so they, they he he's he's a rogue. Um, oh, of course! Oh, I love being rogues. His Most name is attacks. his name is Benelin Quartznuts. <laughs> oh, of course, of the mountain Quartznuts. Of course, yeah. He's yeah. he's 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 a he's a member of the House Condorac, oh, um, so cool. which which is which is an Eberoni, um, uh guild, mm. um, the the rewarding. Guild. Um, yeah, this is what you guys need he, for Patreon. He, Make a two fifty. I dungeon team. I think so. I think I. I. I that's well, that is a like you, a, you an actual have, good idea. Well, we've actually no. Well, we've actually I've actually pitched this to you. I kind of suggested that we get Andy on and we do some sort of thing where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, the movie oh, while playing oh, Dungeons Darren, and that's Dragons. That's a great idea. Um, would you that, would 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 you be a part of that, Greg? I, oh, I totally would. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I played Pathfinder. Um, I've even got a ton of games that I haven't properly set up yet um so yeah i love i love dungeons and dragons and role playing okay so much fun um anyway so back to the movie that we're talking about this week <laughs> <laughs> i haven't talked to andrew in a very long time <laughs> but this is, back to, 
I, so I, I love as well that like just for just for fans of the podcast, let's talk about something other than <laughs> what they do. They want to know Andrew a little bit better. That's just nice, you know. Um, but yeah, for myself, probably no. Um, and in fact, actually, I find myself sitting between uh, Graham and Andrew on this. I quite like Andrew's. I, I really like Andrew's observation that if we just make four-hour movies, people will stop doing things other than watching movies. Um, but, but I, I do, I do kind of see where he's coming from in terms of giving people what they want. There's a lot of fan service in here there's a lot and a lot of fan service there are characters who do not need to be here uh one in particular and i'm fairly sure anybody listening to this podcast who's seen it and the two of you know exactly which character that is and we'll talk in the spoiler zone about it graham in more depth Re- there's two here that i'm thinking okay of. well then that I'm is curious. also curious yeah yeah um, um, um we'll <laughs> leave listeners in suspense um yeah but what <laughs> What if Darren has some really hot takes on Dark Side? Um, it's... But, <laughs> but, I, I do think that, like, I think that is a, a problem with it. And I actually, like, I think Andrew's right in terms of, like, giving people what they want. I slightly prefer Batman v Superman because it's a much more abrasive movie. It's a much more confrontational <laughs> and angry movie. Whereas this, <laughs> this is very much like... Yeah, but you see, superheroes are cool, and superheroes are cool and awesome. So I'm not—I don't know why I'm doing the sarcastic, like patronizing voice. But I think it's much less interesting or compelling or engaging than the idea of like confronting the superhero power fantasy straight on. At the same time, and yet we've had almost ten years of of uh, Marvel never owning up to their responsibilities. No, okay, great, and no one brings it Gra- up. Graham, it's okay. Anyway, look, this is not a <laughs> this is not a Marvel versus DC thing. I'm not like I'm not. I'm just saying. I, okay, I'm just saying it's a double standard. Nobody brought up. Nobody mentioned Marvel until you started talking about it. It's okay. It's the fact that you know you say, "Oh, there's too much fan service in this." Can we talk about like the fact that people were di- were di- delving like creating theories out of thin air about one division? In fairness, where there were no theories. In fairness to Marvel, they didn't have any fans before they made the movies. Like, um, they, 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 sorry, in in the sense of like they didn't have a mainstream fandom. Well, Iron Man, no, Captain America, and Thor. Who Iron Man or yeah. or Thor or Captain, Captain America. America were like, I and much less kind of the other Hulk people I still don't care about Black Widow. Um, yeah. But like, obviously, I like obviously I liked Hulk. Um, yes. But they, 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 there, there is an extent to which uh, Marvel movies, um, kind of um, made you care. Well, about anyway, the sorry, we, we won't, we won't talk. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna get Graham angry. I'm just gonna get Graham angry. Yeah, I broke that promise like, so goddamn quickly like, to myself. But like, while acknowledging that, and while acknowledging that's probably something that holds it back for me, is that it's too fan servicey. It's quite light it's it's less confrontational and abrasive and in some ways it feels like it's a pedal back it's like oops sorry i didn't mean to upset you guys as much as i did after batman v superman i do quite like it i think that there's a lot to like here i think it is a surprisingly personal movie for the scale of movie that it is i think it says some things that are very interesting in terms of the superhero genre um and we'll probably talk about what those things are in the spoiler zone and again just personally, and I feel really bad that it sounds like I've been like complaining about fans and maybe kind of like passive aggressively digging on Graham. Like my fan reptile brain really? loves my fan reptile brain loves parts of this. As somebody who like grew up reading comics, as somebody who like read the comics from like Frank Miller's Batman, Frank Miller's like The Dark Knight Returns through to Grant Morrison's like Justice League and Final Crisis. 
my fan brain loves that there's a nine hour superhero epic that is literally about journeying from the dark ages of superhero comics at the end mm. of the 80s through to the reconstruction and redemption at the end of the 90s. And I appreciate that, like, as somebody who read those. I don't think it's necessary. I don't know that it's something that is good of itself. But as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I, I appreciate your moxie in doing something this weird and this like you would imagine difficult to market because it's like we're going to do like the ages of superhero comics over a decade that happened two decades ago through metaphor and imagery and influence and i'm like yeah i'm kind of i kind of admire that but yeah i don't i wouldn't be on my own personal 250 um not at all i don't think unfortunately and that doesn't mean that i didn't like it doesn't mean that i hated it just you know, I maybe need to sit with it a little bit more. Graham, I, should, Graham I should probably say that I don't hate it either. Yeah, yeah, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then, uh, but, uh, but, but I am going to hate on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't uh, hate it, and I'm glad that it exists, which is an interesting space to be in. Like, no, like, like, I, I, I think the movie's fine. Like, that was my big review of it. It is fine. Um, wow. But, no, like you say that like it's a bad thing. There are lots of movies that are not. There's nothing more. Just I think there's nothing more devastating for an artist when someone goes to the when you ask when you like you put your piece out and you go, uh, "What do you think? It's fine." <laughs> like you walk up to them, you take their hand, you shake it, and you just look at them and go, "It's fine." Mediocre. No, you don't even need to say mediocre. You don't even need to do a tone of voice. You just go fine, and that person, that artist, knows. It's like, oh, I didn't reach you emotionally at all oh god well, actually funnily enough part of it did reach me emotionally and we'll talk about that in the swore zone which is very is again very weird. very and odd the... for a movie that's about stuff going explodey um but, explodey but, but, need, need a book and a map for those wet ass eyes for those tears that uh, i'm wiping away right now but no like yeah. i mean all this sounds very flippant and sounds like being dismissive i think the movie's fine but i am thrilled that it exists like i'm thrilled that this is a movie that actually materially exist, that the studio looked at what they did to the movie back in 2017 and were forced by market issues to go, you know what, Beckett, we're going to call a mulligan and a do-over. We're going to let this person with a very unique way of looking at the world and making films make his own movie uh, and try to do it in his own way and give him a budget and like just let him make this weird superhero pop rock opera thing. And it's going to be very intensely his and mm. that that more than the movie itself is kind of what i love about it if that makes sense which sounds like i'm kind of talking out both sides of my face but i, I really love that and then final final question then graham if mm -hmm. listeners have not seen Zack snyder's justice league which if you're living in the uk or ireland is streaming on now tv if mm -hmm. you're overseas it's available on hbo max would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device Yes, yes, I do. Uh, though you won't be listening to the podcast for another four hours, so you know, it'd be a long wait. <laughs> Let him build tension, you know. Yeah, well, we're going. This is a six part. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can you can watch it in. in yeah, in Phil's this. coming in at one. Yeah, point. we did some, we did some reshoots with Phil. Actually, we're very thrilled to be able to get a into the project. Yeah, his his he his mustache was. Uh, it was weird when we tried it uh, first. And, well, we managed and, to digitally erase it, you know? I mean, yeah. I th people thought that Phil had kind of moved on from the 250, but we were able to convince him to come back. I think it was it was a big deal. I'm just really glad. And he improvised a lot of his own material, which I, I think is just... Yeah, fantastic. yeah, he did it. He did it, it like he, he was he was taking a break, um, which he, like, just, just, just to come record. 
um, with us, and um, you would you you wouldn't tell. Like it's amazing what we did. Yeah, <laughs> seamless, seamless is what it is. Seamless. And Andrew, would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It is. It's very long. Like yeah. like with with and the you know it's it's yeah like i yes yeah yeah watch it and see um and like i think i think there's interesting things going on not 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 just in about like the not just the stuff that i didn't like but also stuff that i stuff that i did like themes that spoke to me that kind of maybe got lost a bit um and didn't maybe resolve um but but um there there's lots of stuff yeah. you're better find something that you like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah 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 and 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 i think I, I in fairness to it i think it was less um of a um I yeah that I I I I I felt I felt like they got the balance right in terms of incorporating um kind of characters that um that have their own sort of fandoms and their own um films and putting them in a movie and I I feel like the likes of kind of Endgame say um uh, maybe overdid it where the reactor is going to overheat and <laughs> everybody's going to die um uh but yeah the um so so i yeah maybe yeah uh have have, have a go see 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 how, i mean you've no way of telling me if you disagree with me yeah. <laughs> I'm, getting angry, I'm unreachable yeah getting angry at me um yeah. but yeah maybe yeah yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm, sorry. Now I'm, 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 I'm very kind of much um, hedging my, my, <laughs> my bets. My, my bets. Your bets. Yeah. Um, do, do watch it. Do, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, again, probably yes. I think, like, again, it's, it's large part of it down to the fact that we've been starved this sort of big spectacle. It is a blockbuster. Um, it is shot in like four point three IMAX ratio. It looks stunning it's very big and bombastic it's full of all of snyder's kind of trademarks the slow motion the roaring soundtrack it is pure mm. spectacle um so if you are in any way or have been kind of starved for those sort of blockbusters over the past year like many people have i think it recommends itself on on those terms um even alone and yeah i've i've seen it three times now and it's a four-hour movie so i am. <laughs> um, I feel like I would be hypocritical if I said no to this, to be honest. Um, mm. All right, then. That's that... a lot of watching a movie. By the way, yeah. if people want to not watch the movie and join yeah. us, the other side is spoilers on. Do not do Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't want to watch the movie, you're not going to mind that it's well, spoilers. Yeah, no. <laughs> but to be fair, like, it, it's also a movie that was originally released like four years ago. Um, so most of most true. thematically, like narratively, <laughs> Any, like structurally. Anybody watching it who would be like, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen yeah. that bit and that bit and that bit. We should, yeah. yeah. Something like I think, to be fair, it's I think... the strangest feeling. <laughs> it's, I think only 10% of it is actually from the theatrical cut. Yeah. All right. With wow. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, then, we will segue neatly into the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone! <laughs> 
So Graham, yes. what is Zack Snyder's Justice League about for you? Um, it's 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 something I've been thinking about for a long time, and um, to me, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is the actual title of the film, is... yeah, because we're foregrounding the autourism, which I kind of yes, like. It's like yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is a story. Uh, it's kind of a culmination of respect for these characters. Um, that was completely absent in the Justice League. Um, did you just call it the Justice I, League? Yes, I did. I'd like to say I'd like to take a, a full appreciation of that, but uh, I did not coin that phrase. And you're uh, not a Snyder bro, right? Uh, no, no, I don't want to be good. God, no, because there is there, there's weirdly levels to it, and the lower you go, the worse it gets. Um, I am I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Snyder. I have seen most of his work, um, except for one film that I that I've been kind of told to avoid. Sucker Punch. So I've avoided it. Yeah, Sucker Punch. Uh, I've watched pretty much every one, every other of his films. I loved Guardians of Gahul, stuff like that. But what, um, I always go to that one for people and they go, Snyder's all like, you know, dark and grim. I go, watch Guardians of Gahul. It's a goddamn delight. Well, I would argue that like Justice League is the most sincere and earnest film since Guardians of Gahul. Like it's, it's the most, yes, it's the most yes, upbeat, very much so. happy belief that the universe is good and people are fundamentally yes. decent movie. But also there's blood splatter. But anyway, sorry, back, yeah, to, back to you, Graham. But yeah, uh, Justice League is just, it's, it's the culmination of a story that was begun in Man of Steel about the beginning of a new age of heroes and with Snyder's original vision of Justice League it, it, it gives so much respect to each and every character obviously one of the downsides of that is it's four hours and if you're not in it for if you're not in it for that if you're not ready for that journey you're gonna, you know, you're gonna drop out. And I've seen people, I've seen a lot of praise, which is really surprised and made me happy. But yeah, I've seen people going, 20 minutes in, I'm out. 40 minutes in, I'm out. Two hours in, I'm out. And I can completely understand why, because you need to be invested in these characters. And luckily, Snyder gives characters who had no time in the uh, original cut uh, of the film, they, he gives them ample time to breathe. Snyborg and uh, Wait, the did Flash, you call him Snyborg? No, Snyder. No, I call him Cyborg. Uh, I didn't oh, mean to call him Snyder. Uh, Cyborg. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. It's difficult That's... now to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to go back and forth between the Snyder cut and the Joss Whedon cut. I, I, I kind of really dislike it. Um, Unlike yeah, Joss Borg. Joss Borg. Cyborg gets ample time to breathe. He's a proper character with a really touching story. And Barry gets... Um, Barry just gets more time. And surprisingly... All the good things that were in the original version are all Snyder's, and all the bad things that I remember of the original are are Whedon's. Some of the th and I, I I hate to say it, some of the th bad things that were in the original cut I thought were were Snyder's. You mean things and like the recurring argument between uh, Batman and Wonder Woman, which takes on vaguely no. misogynistic kind of subtext? No, I was more going towards the upshot of Wonder Woman's ass. Um, when they land in Gotham and the time Barry falls on top of uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's breasts. And then you watch this cut and neither of those scenes are there. And then you come through... And then, of course, over the past four years since Whedon's version came out, we have learned a lot of terrible things about Joss Whedon. And now those scenes kind of make a lot more sense to Whedon's cut. We should, we so, yeah, I hate to say it, but I thought some of the more lewd scenes were... Um, Okay. Or Snyder's because. And you, know, you haven't seen Sucker Punch. 
I haven't seen Sucker Punch. And that's because everyone keeps saying that's that's an incredibly lewd, dis, distasteful film. So I assumed anything like that was part of, you know, his kind of time being in you're, Sucker Punch. You're a better man than I, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want to watch it because I'm worried that I will like it. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just like, oh, no, no, I had a chance. Okay, okay. Several things to unpack there. We should probably, we'll probably come back to it, but... The, yeah, sorry. The, I just I I'm the I'm the man version. I'm the man explaining my thoughts on a film that is four hours and also technically four years of my life, just kind of wondering will it ever come to pass? And it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of it all just like gushing out. It's it's good. Glad to hear. It. We should mention the Whedon stuff actually because this is very worth reporting. Basically, you mentioned the character of Cyborg played by Ray Fisher, who is arguably uh, the central protagonist of this movie as much as it has one. It's his journey. It's his like development as a hero. It's him who gets the dad stuff. And we'll come back to that because I think there's something very important, very clever the film is doing there that kind of merits discussion of itself. One of the big changes between the theatrical cut of Justice League and this version is that Whedon reworked the movie and rewrote the script and reshot several scenes in order to make it a Batman and Superman movie um, at the expense of the other characters. That's why there's so much focus on Henry Cavill's mustache, because Henry Cavill's footage was all reshot and reused and repurposed. And... There was tension on the set while it was shot, and we should make probably distinguish this from the creative tension. Uh, Ray Fisher claimed that Whedon was abusive to him, bullying and racist towards him as well. Um, he raised complaints with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers launched an investigation into Whedon. The outcome of that investigation was decidedly ambiguous, where they said remedial action has been taken, but they refused to say against whom and for what. They just said the investigation is conducted and remedial action has been taken. Whedon was removed from his HBO uh, series. Um, I can't remember. I think it's The Nevers is what it's called. Yeah, The Nevers. The Nevers. And following uh, Fisher coming forward, you had Gal Gadot talking about her experience with Whedon, which was not the best. Uh, but she mm. managed, according to her, to shut it down before it got unpleasant. Um, and in the aftermath of Fisher's allegations as well, you had Charisma Carpenter coming out and talking about her experiences with Whedon um, on the TV series Buffy and Angel. You also had yeah. Michelle Trachenberg coming out and saying that there was rules where Whedon couldn't be left alone in a room with her. Um, Amber Benson as well, who also starred in uh, Buffy, she was Tara. She also said it wasn't a great work environment. She had, apparently she was she on she uh, got a headline an episode and on the same time that Whedon told her that he then went you're also going to die on that episode and it was played off as kind of funny he made it out as funny but like she just kind of it she it dropped her heart because she was like oh I finally get my credit and it's the episode I die in but basically yeah so that that was the kind of situation that happened uh, with the the Whedon cut of the movie mm. um but like even outside of all that stuff which is worth mentioning and worth acknowledging and worth bringing up. It's worth noting that, like, Whedon's cut makes it a Batman and Superman movie. It's about Batman and Superman. It's about Bruce Wayne, after Superman's death, putting the League together and having this kind of, like, guilt over what happened to Superman and wanting to possibly commit suicide so that he could be redeemed. And at the climax of Whedon's uh, version of the movie, Superman comes back and he comes back, like, again, to Andrew's scene, like, the, the Snyder Cut. What I'm talking about, a lot of this happens in the Snyder Cut, but it's edited differently. So it, yeah, much better. So in both versions of the movie, Superman is resurrected from the dead, and Superman comes back and he joins the final fight um, at the kind of big nuclear reactor that is totally not Chernobyl, but 
probably Chernobyl. But in the Whedon cut, Superman does everything better than everybody else. He micromanages the league. The entire action sequence is Barry Allen running really fast, but Superman running faster. Barry Allen saving a random family, but Superman saving an entire apartment building. A cyborg struggling to separate the three mother boxes, but then Superman arrives and just flicks him apart with his bare hands. And one of the really interesting shifts between the two cuts of the movie is that Whedon's cut is about how Superman is awesome and great and you guys and perfect and you guys remember the Richard Donner Superman because we're going to play the the John Williams score and he's okay. going to be bright and colorful and we're going to get a little video of him at the start with his weird like cleft palate like CGI mustache removal and he's going to talk about how hope is important but we're going to let you know that Superman is the most important character here. The character you remember from your childhoods. He's the most important character. Your nostalgia is most important. What I find interesting about Snyder's cut is that Superman here is largely an abstraction or a metaphor. He's an inspiration for a generation of younger and kind of more diverse heroes. In that Superman does come back from the dead, but he's much less of an active presence here. He doesn't run faster than Flash, for example. He only helps Cyborg at the end once Cyborg has already overwhelmed the mother boxes and just needs a little bit of physical strength to get them apart. And so what you have with Snyder's Justice League is the idea Superman as inspiration. And again, it's a very Snyder theme because, again, it's it's very Christian. Superman as Christ. That moment where Lois visits the memorial and it's like, if you seek his monument, look around you. And the idea that Superman inspired all of these people, the moment where Flash says, he was my hero. Um, the moment where like, when are we all going to say it? Which one of us is going to say it? And it's that image of Superman flying between them. And they're like, yep, that's the ideal. And even little things like the way in which the movie treats Cyborg. So, so, so in Man of Steel, Superman is a child of two worlds. He's the old world of Krypton and the new world of America. Um, in Man of Steel, Superman is caught between two fathers. The Kryptonian father, Jor-El, played by Russell Crowe, and the Kansas father, played by um, Jonathan Kent, played by, uh, sorry, Kevin Costner. Kevin, Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner, yeah. And so he has to decide whether he wants to be part of this world. In contrast, in the, the Snyder Cut, it's Cyborg who gets those moments. Cyborg gets the big Superman moments. Cyborg mm. gets the first flight moment which is the big moment. It's the moment where he realizes he can fly. That's the moment where any superhero movie is like, yep, yeah, you're a superhero now, which is, again, something this, that the Man of Steel did with Superman. He gets the mm. troubled relationship with his father, and instead of having two fathers, he instead has a father twice over. Notably, Silas Stone's death sequence is shot in a way to evoke Jonathan Kent's death sequence in Man of Steel. Remember when he gets swallowed by the tornado? Oh, Sil wow, I never even thought of it Silas, that uh, Silas has the exact same shot where he's being evaporated. And it's that mm, kind of... Puts his hand up. Puts his hand up and is dead calm and just accepting of his fate because he understands his son is going to be okay. And you have this idea of Cyborg, like Superman, as a child of two different worlds bridging two worlds. Whereas Superman bridged Krypton as a metaphor for Europe, a society obsessed with like fascism, fascism and kind of bloodlines, and then the American ideal of the immigrant experience. You have Cyborg bridging the material world in which we live and the digital world which will be our future. And I kind of like that idea in Justice League where all yeah. of the younger heroes, so Aquaman... 
uh, Cyborg and Flash are all reflections of Superman. They're the idea of Superman carried forward, if that makes sense. It's interesting as well, because in a way, Kevin Costner kind of slips the microchip into the tornado so that Superman can go after quick. it later on. Yes. You know, he yeah. plays a little tag inside. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that <laughs> was on the dog's collar, right? The dog's collar. Yeah. Was yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that dog will live. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And it's like, I may be dead. But this dog will live on. But no, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, like, I do think there is something there because you have like that was that was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, sorry, hold on. Was your dad meant to be a smart person? <laughs> but the but the thing is, the thing is, though, Andrew, in that scene, he was trying to get out of that little hole. Yeah, when I, th- I think when Andrew's Steppenwolf is coming through. Through. I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's talking no, about. I'm, no, he's talking I'm, about I'm Silas. Saying, I'm saying that that the whole the whole premise <laughs> of that sacrifice was ridiculous. Wait, which it's sacrifice? It's like I will I will die so that they will know where this thing that can be seen from space. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, the thing with that scene, Andrew, is <laughs> um, Silas is trying if to get out of that. You haven't figured it out by now. Yeah. Then, like. No, but the probably point is, like, <laughs> some stupid thing that I'm going to do isn't going to make any difference. This like, giant I, purple they, bubble, yeah, this giant purple bubble just, in Chernobyl or in like Porto. But they never I, saw I placed that was the a, a tracking that was device on the way, Chernobyl that was really clever. in case you don't have a television. <laughs> um, but no one saw it because no one's been there. No one's been to that yeah, area it's because it's radioactive as hell. We have satellites. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce Wayne no has is... six. <laughs> six. Cool. It doesn't cool, even fit on a- one hand. It's alien tech that clearly is camouflaging itself. Okay. 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 That's... I'm gonna I'm gonna intervene here. I'm gonna call a timeout on this. Okay. Actually, just yeah, go to and town. And it can't yeah. camouflage itself from uh, from a tracking. Uh, but it's uh, not tracking it. It's a heat. It's, it's the a hottest super thing on the planet. Box. Yeah, it's the hottest thing on oh, the we're planet. Gonna talk, so we're going to talk about the Oedipal yeah. imagery. Like, I mean, I love that, like, Steppenwolf spends so much of the movie talking, accusing people of smelling like their mother box. Oh, come on. Do we have to do this? You did this, the same thing with Justice League. <laughs> you went, like, continuously talking this. about mother. It does. It's, it, like... Uh, it, you, they're called mother boxes. They've always been called mother boxes. You can't get away it's from like, it. It's like having Graham, an issue with the goddamn Infinity is, Stones. You're not going to... You're, you're, like... The Infinity Stones weren't called mother boxes. No, they didn't called Infinity smell Stones. like mother's box. Oh come and, on! And, come on! That's just juvenile. No, Graham, Graham, the movie is very clear. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna jump in between the two of you here. You got me kind of sidetracked. I will speak up in defense of this. I kind of like the weird committed Oedipal stuff <laughs> Yeah, but here. you can't deny the weird Oh, I, d- stuff. I don't deny it. I'm not denying it. Why yeah. would I deny it? I'm not, I'm not denying it. <laughs> exactly. You, I, I, I love know, this Darren. stuff. You, you love this I stuff. I never even noticed it until people started going, oh, they're saying mother's box. Ha ha ha. You and I but talked about on, this on really? the podcast. We talked about the Oedipal subtext. Yes, I know that. You talked about when it was, when he, when in the original version that he just, they cut off his dialogue. So he only said mother. Yeah. Yeah, and how you kept doing that and how it's a Oedipus Rex kind of... Yeah, yeah, and, and the yeah. reason for that is because when he says Mother's Box, people tend to jump on how weirdly Oedipal it is. Jump on what, Darren? What, what, oh, what are you talking I'm about? Glad, jump, I'm glad you jump asked. On, yeah, jump on this baseball bat yeah, that jump. this movie beats you with for like four <laughs> hours and did you fail to notice? Like, the, the, 
It's not that I failed to notice. It's that I just decided not to jump into the whole <laughs> mother's box. Oh, That's basically what everyone's doing. Okay, okay. Do we want to roll up the sleeves and actually fucking do this properly? Let's do this properly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's well, get into this. this film let's let's this roll up our sleeves and just dive in. Um, and by the way, people with their 250 bingo cards of like Darren Hot takes may want to wait for when we talk about Aquaman. I'm going to bring back a classic. I think Andrew knows which one it's going to be. But I'm going to keep... Andrew actually has a bingo card ready there, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. This is why you need a Patreon, so that you can then get people to print off these bingo cards. Okay. <laughs> what I will say, and again, this is one of the things that I, I actually quite like about Snyder's films. Uh, unironically and, like, committedly. Um, no, I, why are you laughing? I'm saying unironically. Because it's just funny, just, like, that this is apparently a theme that I never noticed in all his films. Okay. One of Snyder's big recurring motifs is the idea of masculinity, in particular the idea of hyper-masculinity oh, okay. and the idea of how absurd it is. Now, if you're yeah. being generous, and I tend to be generous because I like being generous, I don't like being an asshole, um, you tend mm. to, like, you could argue that what he does is he deconstructs it. In that, like, you know, again, 300 is this absurd hyper-masculine parody of, like, what real men kind of look like while all dying brutally and at the end realizing that it was practically for nothing and that it's all made up anyway and that like the homeland that they were trying to defend is full of people who will just exploit their absence anyway um and even like sucker punch you could argue if you're being generous that there's a, a deconstruction there of the male gaze the idea of these women existing as property for men to stare at even in the context of the film itself uh whether it's the father or it's the creepy lobotomist or it's the character played by oscar isaac the nurse um they released the snyder cut of sucker punch I think you and I should watch it and talk about it, maybe Graham. Uh, oh, I don't know because this I could I could come off very okay. bad. Like, I feel like Graham will just come away from it like I never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really <laughs> like the hot pants. That was my favorite. Bit. Um, but what I will say, like to Snyder's credit, one of the more interesting aspects of his films is this deconstruction of masculinity and particularly like toxic poisonous noxious like masculinity. Like I would argue, like Batman v Superman ends with the characters knocking seven kinds of crap out of each other in a Turkish bath, beating each other with urinals. Batman literally saying you were never even a man while pointing his giant throbbing sphere in spear in Superman's face. While I've seen you write that so often. While meanwhile across town, Lex Luthor is creating an unholy child of himself and General Zod. In case you don't get that this is a movie about the stew of toxic masculinity. And the problem is only resolved when Wonder Woman jumps into the arena between them, adding some much needed femininity to the mix. And also when the two men realize that maybe their fathers aren't are as, as important or are as important as their mothers and that's what they bond over so yes there is this kind of theme of the importance of femininity and the relationship that it exists between masculinity and femininity and in particular mm. in justice league again if we're being yeah if we're being very generous the mother boxes are forces for creation and renewal and reinvention. They, yeah, not destruction. They are a mechanism of literal rebirth. And that, again, mm. the parallel between... A change machine. A change machine. That's a you can also say that You can also say that with um, an introduction of a character, because uh, Andrew won't know this. Um, in the original, in the Whedon cut of this, of Justice League, you never meet, uh, so, uh, you never meet Victor's mom. Yeah. And she's a wonderful 
character in this. You never meet her in the original version. Yeah. Well, you she... Just, just... Thank you for bringing her up. <laughs> I uh, have a whole page of notes. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Because she is, like, did uh, uh, not... not um, uh, a, 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 like, she needs to keep her eye on the road <laughs> when driving. You know, um, when it's like, is that like, her defining character that she didn't keep her eye on the road for that split second? Okay, the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, it's not. She's a wonderful mother oh, that takes I, care I, of her son. When I do her, love that. Her, I love that Andrew's Andrew's like key subtext takeaway from the Snyder Cut is women. Yes. Women equal bad drivers? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of that Andrew's, is not what I said. No, it's like Vic, uh, bull, bull. So when Victor I bring up Stone's when I bring mother, up uh, Iris, Iris West, you know. Yeah, when I bring up Iris, are you going to say something different? Okay. Anyway, yeah. look. My point is, though, to get back to the mother box, because I feel like we've wandered off topic here. We wander off a lot. Okay. Hey, take up your mother's trident, Darren. Yeah, that's it, exactly! Yes! <laughs> oh, no, no, that's, that's it. Like, how does, how does, like, you look, Mira is basically, like, all the women in this movie are basically, like, reasonable authority figures. But I'm, Mira's... Sorry, I, I want to just reverse back a second. Okay. I think women are great drivers. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, 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 in my teens, I did a study. Very, 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 uh, you on, did a on, study. On, you actually organized I, I, one. Um, I, I, I just watched uh, 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 drivers because I was waiting for a lift. Remember in 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 Ballastair, the um, like you 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 could be waiting a long time to 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 get a lift, um, and you'd wait on the bridge, and on the bridge you would see traffic coming from like quite a while away. Um, and I was trying to figure out whether there was any correlation between um, uh, being a man or a woman and uh, indicating. And I found that um, a lot of men didn't indicate at all or indicated very late. And that would, like women would, tended to either indicate on time or indicate as soon as there was no, um, you know, there was no further. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, sorry, sorry. Anyway, that, that's nope. a that's an enormous tangent. Watch me bring this back because that is what Zack Snyder's Justice League is about, Andrew. No, it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. But like the idea is the mother boxes are change engines. They are about reinvigorating. They're about recreating. And it's only when they are sublimated to men. It's only when Steppenwolf tries to take control of them mm. that they become weapons of mass destruction. Otherwise, they're used to revive Clark they're used to revive victor they're basically kind of birth machines um and again i think that's you know i don't think the theme is as pronounced as it is in batman v superman but i think it is part of what justice league is kind of doing or kind of getting at so yeah the mother box thing is important i think like as funny as it is to go <laughs> the scent of your mother box is on you um i feel like you know but uh, dr stern uses the Stone. um the uh box to to revive um because because I suppose because he's playing um a replacement to the lost mother maybe and they he he's he's being kind of he he was once a father and now he's a father um twice over, uh, twice over but that you can't be you can't be you can't be uh, a father and um and a father again that that that. That he's being a mother, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that, but it, like, like I thought it was interesting that like Doctor Stern was so detached from his child and his child's like emotions and things that mattered to his child that he definitely would have been 
keeping an eye on the road <laughs> if he were driving. <laughs> no. Um, well, he did say, well, no, well, Victor well, did no, say, no. if his dad was there, the mom would no, be alive. No, but the entire point is that, yes, Silas is Silas Stern is a terrible father. Stone. Uh, Stone is a terrible father. Like, like that's the entire point. It's like, mom was great. Mom was an actual parent. You are a terrible suck. father. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> suck, to be honest. But Like, you saw it in the scene. You saw it in the scene. He was so happy. And then he saw the empty seat, which is clearly for his dad. And he went, ugh. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it, say say for, for argument's sake, if Dr. Stone had been there. Um, oh boy. then <laughs> Cyborg would have just died when Bane killed him. <laughs> what? It's, uh, it's the, the DCEU uh, <laughs> cinematic yeah, universe. Yeah. That was 100% at the football the pitch. Team. Yeah, at the football yeah. pitch. Are you confusing oh. the time Bane broke Batman's No, back? no, like... it's the football field from the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank good, yeah. so, yes, thank good Victor didn't go pro, right? Um, what a lovely, lovely yeah, voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but... say can you see? Oh, wait, no, cut, cut off, cut off. Otherwise, it's paid residuals. <laughs> but no, like... Uh, to America. <laughs> yeah, no. To America. <laughs> as, an insti- they need as an institution. But no, like, I think that's... that's one of the, Lady Liberty. That's one of the things I do find, like, genuinely interesting about the movie is that it's, it's very much it's a reconstruction or a celebration of superheroes. Because what you had with, like, Batman v Superman and Man of Steel was this idea that, like, if you put superheroes in the modern world, if you define them by the post-9-11 kind of terrorist state, so if you present action or drama equivalent to 9-11 and think of like movies like say x2 you know the dark knight trilogy uh the avengers the attack on new york in the avengers the destruction of sokovia in age of ultron things like the attack on asgard in uh thor the dark world the ent- sorry I- i'm gonna stop naming superhero movies soon i promise but things like <laughs> things like the- i, I do- Five more. Do, do you want five more? Can Just I... grant my indulgence. Okay, cool. Um, so things like, say, the concern about like the, the security state and surveillance state in The Winter Soldier, the debate over liberty, security, freedom, and patriotism in Civil War, even... The Civil War within Black Panther? Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Well, Black Panther is, is, is separate. Black Panther's tied to different issues, I would argue. But even if you want to get in more abstract and you want to kind of talk about things like, say, the invocation of, like, the hole over New York City uh, in the skyline as madness pours through it in uh, Infinity War, things like the two... But you're, you're never going to come up with a fifth. <laughs> are you going to call my bluff surely, on this one? Surely he can't do it. No, he can't do it. It's, it's beyond. No, he's, he's, he's gone. He's done. Yeah, he's finished. I, I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to tap out, unfortunately. But yes. Yeah, so- oh, what's this? <laughs> what's this? What's this? He's, a, he's coming up. He's gonna, the champion's going to rally again. But yeah, even but basically that sort of kind of superhero movie, um, that kind of idea of the superhero defined as a product of the post 9-11 cultural landscape. And like Man of Steel. It's like, it's like the Fantastic Four and the, the, fan the military. No, I'm thinking more fan four stick. Um, but no, but, but, oh. like, but like that's that's the thing is that like Batman, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman are about like the limits of that approach. And that like if you drop Superman into a movie that's defined by 9-11, he's going to be horribly, horribly damaged and scarred by it. There are going to be millions of casualties. If you drop him into a, like a post 9-11 world in Batman v Superman, he's going to be spending more time talking at like Senate hearings and like being discussed on television yeah. by like Jon Stewart and not the Green Lantern Jon Stewart, which we'll come back to later. But things <laughs> things like that, like that's what Batman v Superman and Man of Steel are about. They're like the limits of like the superhero 
as a vehicle for exploring post 9-11 trauma. And then Justice League, I would argue, is about the reconstruction of the superhero. Notably, Justice League has very few actual politicians, military characters, senators, mm. um, like the Daily Planet staff don't even appear in it. Um, it's very detached from reality. Even the character of General Stanwyck, and, and this is something I want to talk about because this is something I think I really don't like about the movie. Oh, do you mean Swanwick? Swanwick, yes. Okay, apologies. Um, Sorry. Who, ne- Sorry. <laughs> who was... was- that made no yeah, sense yeah, to me. Yeah. He's been in Man of Steel and he's been in BVS. I saw he's been in Man of Steel and BVS. <laughs> I I've yes. erased my mind. He, he why do, why do people think that like these um yeah. these movies that obviously suck <laughs> sucked because they didn't make a billion dollars. They made a little bit less. <laughs> um why did I think we'd tell me, Andrew? We'd tell want me. To revisit them. But, okay, but anyway, the character of, of General Steinway. the Graham <laughs> did that. That that did that didn't kind of that wasn't one I, of Snyder's themes. I was themes. surprised it was the, him. The, I was surprised. Did it was you bleed? Him. <laughs> <laughs> I cried. Uh, no, uh, I was surprised Something's it was bleeding. him. Uh, I was surprised it was him, but uh, uh, that's one of my issues with the film. Um, I think they could have done that a lot better because that was kind of creepy. I'll be honest. I think that scene was a little creepy of uh, him showing up. It's not even creepy. It's completely unnecessary. He didn't need to do it. I immediately forgot like who he was meant to be. And and now I'm thinking of it. It was Martha, right? Yeah, he was Martha. And then he was his true self, uh, Martian Manhunter. And then he was General Swanwick, who he's been since um, Man of Steel. A Martian Manhunter co- as well at the end. Yeah. Kind of oh, that's who he actually is. Well, He's was, the Martian oh, Manhunter. We'll probably come yeah. back to the final scene later on, but I love uh, the Ben Affleck, like <laughs> Ben Affleck going to Dunkin' Donuts energy of that scene. I kind of adore. Uh, that well, was, I love the fact is like, that that's was, clearly a post, that's clearly a post, uh, um, uh, post rehab Ben Affleck because he's toned and he's better looking and it's just like, wow, good for you, Ben. He's also tiny compared to like what he was. Yeah, but you know what? I think maybe that was hurting him. <laughs> so I'm okay. Sorry. Um, so much pressure on him. I, I did feel like he was me in in, <laughs> in, in that scene. Yeah. Which, is, which is kind of what, what, like, as an audience, you're kind of having your cake you and want. eating it. Because yeah. you get to <laughs> excite people by saying, it's the Martian Man-Eater, or whatever, <laughs> whatever he's called. Man-Hunter. Um, Man-Hunter. And, and, I have um, other issues with the Martian Manhunter. And everyone's Man like, yeah! Who's the Martian uh, Manhunter? <laughs> Quick, but, Google him. But also, you have, um, like, anyone who's not excited by that and who has no idea why this movie is still <laughs> going. Like, going on gets to be like, yeah, like, like they, they get to take... Um, ben Affleck's side you know, or Batman's side. Exactly. Like, that he's the kind of, like, he's, sure, he's that audience's yeah, surrogate. Yeah, sure. It's like, huh? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. I guess. I, guess. I think yeah, at one point he I guess says, I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can... Should I tell Clark that there's another alien? Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Martian Manhunter is one of those things that I really hate because it actually, I would argue, dramatically less. It was like Thanos. And we thought, like, who is this, uh, uh, like, person I've never heard of? And and then it's like, well, they're obvi- obviously they're, 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 like... From the comics. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, this this must be some kind of 
Um, like th- that's what an after credit sequence is for. It's for people who've who've not left the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we didn't leave the cinema because the cinema came to us. Exactly. But but yeah. was there an after credit sequence at no, all? There wasn't. No. There wasn't. No, no, I stayed. No. I tried okay. to kind of. Jesus, I, well, I watched the. To be fair, it was very mesmerizing. The uh, the score, the soundtrack for the uh, credits was actually quite nice. It was very yeah. sweet. Um, yeah, very sweet. But like the, that's the Martian Manhunter is like my big problem with this movie in a nutshell, right? Because you have that scene between Lois and like Martha, and Lois is not a character particularly well served by this movie. Ironically, she's somewhat better served by this movie than she was by the theatrical cut. And mm. there are reasons for that. And feck it, we're going to talk about the feck and Lois stuff. All right. So, <clears throat> Andrew. This is going, it's going to be our longest. <laughs> yeah. Two to three hour and we 52 have barely minute touched podcast. This film. I have so many notes. <laughs> I, haven't <laughs> <touched> <laughs> my no- I haven't touched my notes. <laughs> All right. I have two, four, six, <laughs> eight. Oh my God. Nine. 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 <laughs> Um, I do, I do, I do have a decent amount of spacing. Okay, I have but, four. Yeah. Okay. And I did like, like. <laughs> I keep Aww. keep in mind that I am keep in mind that I'm trying to edit this for tomorrow. I'm trying to get this out for like every. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good luck. You shouldn't have told me that. Dan. I know. And now I'm just gonna go. <laughs> so if we could swear less, it would be very handy. But no, what? Note one. Sarah, <laughs> you're the only one that swore. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But what I will say, actually, like, okay, let's talk about the lowest stuff, because this is fascinating to me. This is the pure fan service aspect. The original plan, and Andrew, I, this is something I kind of almost want to get your reaction on. Oh, Snyder gosh. had originally planned a five-movie trilogy, is what he called it, which I kind of adore. I, it's a five-movie trilogy. But the plan was that... <laughs> <laughs> but the plan was that, like, this was going to be a gateway to two Justice League sequels. And those, the next Justice League sequel, in case you didn't tell from like the closing 23 minutes of the movie, we're going to focus on Lex Luthor putting together an Injustice gang where he would, and uh, this sounds completely insane and it would probably be terrible, but I also want to see it. But he would basically <laughs> bring in a bunch of solo villains from like solo like movies and have them all fight their heroes. So he'd be like, hey. Like Suicide yeah, like Squad. Yeah, like in the comics. Like, That's not bad. Like Suicide Squad, but yeah, kind of, but like. More like yes, you know, so like no. The Injustice Society is basically the Justice League, but it's their villains. No, but it's like the Society, the Suicide Squad are bad guys, but they're like turned into like kind of anti. Okay, well, I was more. It's a, it's an analogy that works because we want to keep this podcast less manageable. I think and they didn't call it Quintilogy because they didn't want people excited that Harley Quinn. They didn't want to confuse him with the original it. Rocky uh, Quintilogy. Yeah, because Harley Quinn gets a nice like post-credit like died off-screen thing. But what I will say to bring to bring it. To bring it back to the kind of like the original plans for it. Like Bambi's mother. <laughs> yeah, if Bambi swore to ba- to Bambi's mother on her dying wet that she ki- that he killed the okay, hunter. Okay, okay, well, well, we'll come back to... Okay, look, there's, there's a lot to discuss here. Uh, <laughs> what? And Darren, are you thinking this was a bad idea to do this podcast? In this <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, all right, so what I was going to say, though, like the original plan was so five films... The sequel was going to be Lex Luthor assembling a bunch of villains from solo movies. So it's going to be like Dr. Poison from Wonder Woman, if you remember her, the woman with the face mask. So she was... Not Cheetah? No, not Cheetah. No, well, because, like, Weird. Wonder Woman 1984 wasn't going to be out before this. No, but Cheetah is her yeah. villain, not no, but, Dr. But Poison. Again, she was in an earlier Wonder Woman movie. It was... Eh. I like that Graham's like, Puh, take that Zack Snyder's imagined movies. But it was... 
No, I'm just saying that's usually who's in the okay. Justice Society. It's okay. Cheetah. Okay. Anyway, um, it was going to be. Yeah, but Zack Snyder, if he's making a movie, doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm sorry, Darren. I'm sorry. Okay. So it was going to be her. It was going to be like the Riddler from Ben Affleck's Batman movie was the plan as well. It was going to be like Patrick. There's w- no way you're going to uh, get uh, all six of these. Yeah, movies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Um, it was going to be um, King Orm from Aquaman, played by Patrick Wilson, nice. was going to be in that group as well, for example. That was the kind of plan that they were going to have. Um, and the plan was so the second movie would be those characters waging war against the Justice League. And then that would lead to the bad future where Dark Seed arri- Darkseid arrives and he takes over the planet. But one of the big plot threads that Snyder had and Warner Brothers vetoed, and I kind mm-hmm. of, I'm like of two minds at this because I think it's a good idea but I al- yeah, Darren, admit it, you want this. But I also think it could be, frankly, terrible, which is why it's a good idea. <laughs> Snyder originally <laughs> wanted Superman to die, which happened, and he wanted Lois and Batman to, like, hook up while Superman was dead, dealing with their grief, because they both lost their boyfriend, um, and then, <laughs> uh, then basically Lois to get pregnant, Clark to come back and to realize that it was Batman's son and to raise Batman's son as his own, basically. That was the, that was Snyder's big kind of like... Yeah, and the film, what was it? Batman was going to die at one point. He'd be dead. And then Superman was going to raise him and and Superman and uh, Superman's son would then become Batman by the end of the fifth film. By the end of the fifth film, yep. So that was the, um, that was kind of Snyder's big arc. And Warner Brothers uh, said, no. No, but no, no, no hooking up of Lois and Bruce. Even though there's precedence in both the cartoons and the comics and all that for that to happen. But then they said yes. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> they they kind of, they, they oh, don't, see, here's the thing. They it's don't realize how many poison pills like <laughs> they're swallowed by, by, by letting Snyder make this movie. But I will say it's this, kinda, like, like, I don't know if like I, I said, they just let him into the building <laughs> yeah. to close his account. But here's the account. thing, Andrew, uh-huh. I don't know, and, I don't know if Andrew noticed there's, there's things, there, there are hints dropped in, um, and Darren probably noticed it, uh, I don't know if you did, Andrew. There are hints dropped that Lois is pregnant in this film. She's a pregnancy <laughs> <Yes>. test. <laughs> no, 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 but there's also... It's yeah, been but, opened. Yeah, yeah but also there's also the, the bathroom, fact at the yeah. end of the film. At the end of the film, uh, she's carrying a basket, which apparently wasn't in the original cut. And then... So, and then at she's, the very and then as they're she's also the house, stopped drinking. She's just having <laughs> coffee. Just having coffee. And no in the middle mixing, of the day, no longer mixing. Um, and then, but but then Bruce and uh, this is a new piece of dialogue. Bruce then says to Clark as they're walking into the house, "Congratulations, by the way." It's like, did he just congratulate him on having a kid? And I, I'm, I'm just in my nerd brain, just going, "Oh my god, there's a super son." Because plus we know that Snyder like is aware of the Kevin Smith problem. What's the Kevin Smith problem? It's like would, why um, Lois can't have a oh, child. Oh, this is the, the um, oh no, it's Man always been de- it's, that's been debunked. The, that's well, been debunked since Kevin Smith. Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, isn't that the sort of thing? The Larry yeah, Niven yeah. idea. It's a de- that's that's been debunked for years. Okay. Here's here's the thing. None of this stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> 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 I'm about to say like Superman. Like, I love the idea of Graham conducting studies with like a real Superman he keeps in his basement somehow. Well, he has a child in the comics. He has two children in the TV shows now. I, I don't think that counts as debunking. But anyway, my, my, it's more just telling a different story. But 
But anyway, so Warner Brothers apparently said, no, the fans would react absolutely crazily to this. Uh, and again, Superman fans are very weird. It was like, Batman's going to cook Superman. Oh my God, oh, that sort of thing going on there. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of the weird attitude that you had. But the problem... I, but but it, it could have it could have been a cool two dads thing. <laughs> yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> a two fathers, like, one cover. Have, it's, like had... it's like two men and a baby, but two of your dads are, are Superman and Batman. I th- yeah, I think I think it could be a fun uh, sitcom where where Lois is the mother and she has like a child and there's two gay dads and they're and, they're Batman and uh, Superman <laughs> Batman and Superman yeah why, why did Warner think that people would get angry about that because people- well I always find that the reason is Warner Brothers uh I love like I they're a studio that I really adore but they're very reactionary and that's usually to their fault to their detriment like everything that's happened through the DC films is their reaction to a previous either success or failure. And that tends to be so, how business works, uh, I understand though. why they did that. Okay. That mm-hmm. tends to be how business works, though, I would I would argue. Yeah, but I find that with other studios, they're a lot more proactive. Um, what I will say, actually, one of the things I did like about that idea was that it meant that Superman would become an adoptive father like Superman was himself, an adopted yeah, son. Nice. And I quite liked... I thought that was a very clever thematic idea. The idea of yeah. Superman learning from... Like, Jonathan Kent wasn't his biological father, but he was his daddy, to quote another uh, superhero franchise. Exactly. And it, I like as well that kind of it establishes the kind of uh, nobility against that whole sort of like a, a toxic Mas- masculinity exactly that. idea. Yeah, that, that's exa- yeah, yeah. Of like like um, like a, a, a real man um, does all his own ejaculation. Versus... Versus kind of um, a real man like is a how it takes a real man to 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 to, to raise uh, another man's the child. Fact that it comes from real life for Snyder because obviously yeah. several of his children are adopted. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's that's exactly it. Snyder's talked about that. He said about how like that was inspired by his own like experiences as an adoptive father because he has quite a few adopted children. And he was like, yeah, to raise another man's child. I thought that's what a real hero. That's like, again, slightly immodestly. That's what a real man does. What I do. A real man. But no, no. But like, <laughs> he doesn't say no, that, he right? he didn't say that. But that was, Oh, thank God. I was so like, oh, Snyder, you shouldn't have said that. Like, I actually, like, to be fair, one of the things I quite admire about the past few years is Snyder kind of going, and I hate the term woke, but kind of becoming more enlightened. Because he's actually like, he's started calling out his more rabid fans online. Uh, which yeah. I really, really liked as well. But the anyway, the problem with the deletion of that whole like Lois baby subplot, two things. First of all is that like its inclusion was very much Snyder signaling his key influences, which is Arthurian legend. Because in that case, Superman is King Arthur and Batman is Lancelot. That's very much... Does that make his kid Mordred? No. I, I'm not entirely sure that it goes that far. But like All Snyder's right. like All Snyder's right. talked about how Excalibur is one of his big influences, and like that's a real Lancelot and Arthur moment. The second thing is that cutting it out means that Lois has nothing to do in the movie, and Bruce has not really that much to do, but at least he has a cool costume, so he gets to hang around. I would say what's interesting about it, and this is a theme that came up in this film that didn't come up in the previous version, and I really liked it is is I think Ben Affleck is actually much better in this version than he was in the previous version. Comedy does not suit this Batman, um, but there is a sense of the faith that he has now. I really, I think it suits him. And there's also a fact that uh, he's also a man possessed because 
How many times has he sworn uh, a promise on a grave at this point? Like, this is this is his raison d'etriere almost. That he just like, if someone dies and I was... If I was in the if I was in the neighborhood, I'm going to swear on their grave but to avenge them. To be them fair, if someone bring if someone back. dies and I like beat them to a pulp beforehand, so they were weakened and probably contributed. No, but it's also it also keys into the fact that he was also and and the film brings it up again. He was also responsible and he feels responsible for one of the robins dying. Okay, are we going to talk about that now? Not yet. No, <laughs> I was just bringing up the fact is that this that that. Snyder is including a lot of the pro- the very interesting po- um, background of Batman and how he is a man obsessed and that his obsession will likely create this nightmare universe because of, you know, him trying to do good for for uh, the sake of doing good and how it's it ends up quite destructive. Well, it it felt very realistic because, like, the, you're you're a younger man than not, and then the the two of us, Graham. But you realize, well, like, like when 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 you've caused the death of another person, like, yeah. it, it, it you take up that man. It changes you. It changes you. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. exactly. What I will, um, what I will say, actually, I do like in terms of Bruce's arc here. I do like it. I actually like how mellow it is. And again, this is one of the things where. Is Darren giving the movie too much credit? And the answer is probably... No, no. I love that Graham's like, no, as long as you're giving credit. No, not this as, time. As long not as you're time. giving credit, it's all good. That, o- that yeah. other thing is definitely unfair. But credit, <laughs> credit you can give. Um, I'll leave that to Andrew to just come up behind no, and take the Lannisters. Graham the will be staff. like... Graham will be like, yes, yes, Darren, give the movie credit. And then and then Darren will be like, and here's why I give the movie credit. And then Graham will be like, stop, stop giving the movie credit. You've done enough already. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's dead. It's already dead. Okay. Stop, talk, <laughs> stop talking about that. I didn't see it and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, what oh. I will say about like the movie's treatment of Batman that I find interesting and kind of heartwarming and... Like, again, the fact that none of this was shot after Snyder left makes Mm. reading it rather complicated. But the fact that it is entirely absent from the theatrical cut and the fact that I know he did ADR with uh, Affleck and the fact that, like, editing a movie is effectively the last rewrite gives me maybe it's there. But I really liked the presentation of Batman as a human being a rational man in his own words trying to believe in the idea of transcendence or a world beyond as a way of dealing with a loss basically there's something mm. like weirdly moving in the scenes that he shares with alfred where like alfred's like this doesn't make any sense why are you doing this and he's you know you're a rational man he's like yes but i have faith i believe in this and Alfred's like, what are you going to do if it doesn't work? And it's like, what do you do? What do you what are you going to do if he doesn't come? It's like, I believe that he'll come. And I find something faintly reassuring in that. Because like traditionally, Batman in the Justice League is the one mortal dude. He's a guy whose superpower is that he's rich. That's that's pretty much it. He hangs around because he buys yeah. all of their fancy equipment. And he picks up the bar tab for them every once in a while. But he's surrounded by like dudes who can just like run around like i love the fact that batman just kind of wanders around for most of the final climax while everybody's like jumping up and down and batman's like no 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 no! i i got the rafters the rafters are mine that's what i'm doing i'm doing rafters uh he's taking out he's he's taking out surprisingly decent red shirts 
Like, I have to say, of all the Stormtrooper-esque uh, villains that Marvel characters and Star Wars characters and that bring up, the parademons in this are actually decent. Okay, but my, my point is, though, that, like, the typical portrayal of Batman is the human in this immortal world who is suspicious mm. of it, who doesn't know what to make of it, who is wary of it and skeptical of it. And what I like about, and you can even see that in like the Whedon cut, in the theatrical cut, like Batman is much more paranoid, much more abrasive, much more confrontational. Uh, whereas this this edit makes him much more mellow and much more relaxed and much more like genuinely open to the idea that he has entered a world of gods and literal demons. Because Apocalypse, mm. like Steppenwolf has horns on his fecking chin. Like he looks like a pug. He's a he's an actual honest. He does look like a pug. He's he's got such soulful eyes. Yes. His eyes are so sad. He's so sad. You feel sorry for him. I don't I want. I feel sorry I don't for want the, the entire film. Exactly. Uh, I don't want his. I was head like, cut just let off. him go home. I, I I I felt at the end of the film. I was like, just let him go yeah. home. Oh, he got home. And oh, he's he, like the his essentially daddy who he's trying to please the whole time like doesn't give actually doesn't care. actually that's the fun thing uh andrew andrew that's the really funny thing uh because i surprised breed with this dark side is steppenwolf's okay. nephew all right before we move on to steppenwolf then just to finish on batman i find i actually really like that idea that you get in this film of batman being like hey there's a world of gods and demons and that means that there's a world beyond the rational understanding of man and I find something comforting in that. I find something mm. reassuring and kind of enlightening in that. I, I like I that like art. as well. Yeah. I like as well that it didn't undercut kind of the traditional role of of, of Batman either. That he, he he gets to be kind of like um hey, I'm 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 getting into mysticism. Um yeah. but but also like I'm I'm going to give you a job job <laughs> and, 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 and get your foot in the door because that's the one thing that none of these people can do. Yeah. Um, money, money, money. I yeah. bought the bank. Um. I, oh, God, it's so funny. I mean, I, I just found it Why really, did he really buy nice. the bank? Why not just buy the house? That, <laughs> because like, then the bank will never go near the house did again. He, did he say this? It, uh, like Christopher Nolan uh, produced this. <laughs> Yes, so did, and, did he, and did he ask Christopher buy... Nolan, like, is it okay if I use your exact same joke? <laughs> um, well, I did buy a restaurant, so yes, yours is a, just a just an evolution. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I, love, I love how defensive Graham gets when you make even like passive, like. No, I'm not defensive. <laughs> I see. Even when I even when I say I'm not defensive, I say all right. Let's talk about Steppenwolf because oh. people seem to want to talk Yay! about Steppenwolf. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Was I the worst guest? Maybe. No, Graham. You were not. You were not. And we're not going to tell you who it is. Listeners can guess. But no, all joking aside. Ooh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I want that cut. Stick around it, after the credits. It's it's the it's the surprise that no one was um, or that everybody was expecting, <laughs> except for Andrew, who is the worst guest. <laughs> so yeah, so Steppenwolf, huge improvement over the theatrical cut. Um, oh, so much better. Um, and yeah, so what do we think of Steppenwolf then? Because you were very eager to talk Visually, about it. Like, like and his sweet pug eyes. When he shows up, his sweet baby puppy dog eyes. Oh my god! Like, like, like everyone goes on about like how like Thanos is fully realized in Infinity War, and he is. And then when you come to this, and it's just like, I'm so happy they got to redo this character, and because he feels like he's completely different now. He feels like an actual threat. He's got a great motivation. 
and Kieran Hines is really is really bringing it and there's only like subtle changes to his dialogue and I don't know I don't know as a, as a, as an as like someone who like loves video games and I know this is going to make it maybe take away from it somebody who loves video games and cartoons and that and comics he looks so fascinating and his like his living armor that like changes when the light hits it like when he arrives at Metropolis it's kind of gold and has a weird purple hue to it when he's on Temascara, it's silver and bright. When he's um, when he's in the Russian country, when he's at you know basically his base, it's black. I mean, I I just I kind of loved all that. And then the little visual cues of it spikes up when he's angry. When um, he flexes, I love that. When, when he, he flexes, when, he gets sharp. When he flexes, it bounces off. When when um, he gets angry, it starts to like ripple. When he gets excited, it starts to go up and down. And uh, my favorite touch was though when Darkseid arrived, and it shies away. It like shies away. It like it peels. It's, it basically stripping him. Yeah. 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 And then when Superman shows up, it is desperately trying to protect Steppenwolf by trying to get in the way of all of Superman's attacks to no avail. And I thought, as a visual representation, it was it was just stunning. And I just that's kind of just my rant about how it's so much better than the goddamn Mattel figurine that we got in the original. <laughs> you can cut. say you can call it Justice God, League if you want. We can give you, you can give yes, you thank you. The Justice League. It just it's it's night and day. It's 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 I, just it's the sun and the moon. It's beautiful. I like actually the the. I think that a lot of the kind of sniffier reviews of this have 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 used a kind of shorthand of it's just like a video game kind yeah. of a, a cutscene, and I, I I think kind of in ways that sort of criticism is probably something that's that, that's going to die out when 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 criticism kind of catches up with with uh, with media in a way because there's a there's a kind of like an old fashionedness of 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 saying mm, like this yeah. isn't a movie this is a this is a video game yeah. and, um, <laughs> this isn't a stage like, play as, it's a movie this isn't a cave exactly. painting it's a stage yeah, play yeah. yes yeah, yeah. This isn't a stone tablet. This is a, a bulk. Um, <laughs> Who uses wood? Who uses it? Um, but but yeah, it's um, like like and and I'm I'm I I think um, like I I I I I wanted to say earlier that the, and this is kind of like my big problem with the movie is that it's it's it might not be um one of the 250 greatest movies ever made but it's probably one of the last 250 movies ever made <laughs> <laughs> you know it's very, like, very orwellian if you want to imagine the future <laughs> imagine a cgi steppenwolf stamping on the face of humanity for everything. yeah, <laughs> yeah. says so, the man who voiced unicron <laughs> yeah that it's like that it's just going to become this this i think we have monstrosity with, monstrosity with like where it's like you know it, we it took us so long to realize that that like we're no longer working with film and that uh, th these these talkies can be as long as we like <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and they're just going to please everyone. And we're going to we're going to say everything we need to say. Uh, because statistically, if you just keep it going, <laughs> everybody, right? Um, I will say, I will say to that point, um, Snyder did say that he that he did want to cut it down, that it was going to originally be three and a half, but because fans said, just give us all of it, he said, fine, I'll give all of it. Fans, <laughs> fans said our mouths are open, and Snyder said, here you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, like he did say, like he did want to cut it down, that there were things that he wanted to cut da- cut out, and you know, properly edit, but like. I mean, I get it. I mean, like, yeah, if all films were four hours, yeah, Jesus, be mad. Yeah. Like, the, the Snyder is like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm all out of, like, uh, <laughs> cold, out of juice. code red, um, like Mountain Dew uh, fans. But <laughs> but um, if if you really want something else, I've 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 got this this yellow bottle that that I that that I was keeping under my um, car seat. Yeah. Anyway, oh. um, right. under my car seat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I will say actually about about the whole Steppenwolf thing, and I find this kind of interesting. Like, I love the, again, it's very 90s, the way in which he flexes and his, like, knives bristle. And the, the kind of, like, the mm. wondering how he dresses and undresses himself without causing severe bodily harm to himself each and every time. Maybe he wants that. Uh, maybe he's into it. Who knows? But yeah, here's, again, and again, Graham, I'm going to praise the movie, so I want you to brace yourself. Oh, God, my I, I know. Um, the thing I actually do admire about the movie is that you can read it as a commentary on the evolution of the superhero movie uh, and and kind of like the superhero genre in comics as well. So like in the late 80s and into the 90s, you had this big wave of deconstructionist superhero comic books, comics that heavily influenced earlier movies in the series, like, for example, The Dark Knight Returns, uh, where Batman kicks seven kinds of crap out of Superman. Or uh, mm-hmm. comics like, say, the one that you alluded to with the Joker, Death in the Family, where the Joker beats Robin to death with a crowbar. Or even, say, the death yep. of Superman, in which Superman dies and a bunch of people buy a polybag special, and the comic book industry collapses ten years later. But this idea that, like, in the 80s and 90s, that superheroes got really dark and really edgy. And, like, throughout this, you have this discussion, the recurring motif of Let's go back to the Dark Age. Like Michael McAllen's kind of terrorists at the start, the small band of reactionary terrorists who don't actually have any ideology beyond being reactionary. No, I thought it was like a reaction to like, I don't know, they'd been inspired by Darkseid or they'd been inspired that Superman was gone. The politics of this movie (laughs) is just bizarre. (laughs) Like, I, I, it's just so like, confusing like like i feel like Zack snyder just doesn't want anybody to know like how he's gonna vote because <laughs> it's like oh you thought it was gonna go this way well, oh, not. i'm going oh, the other oh, way oh. i'm going the other way now uh, <laughs> um, but like, we live in a society or do this, we like, yeah yeah this... which is maybe and like it it's it, sorry sorry i i should i should say like it is all over the place but it's also sort of like Vague. it's strange because because it's 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 kind of um, this is a post financial crisis movie. Yeah. I know you you have talked and probably will talk more about nine eleven, <laughs> but I I think the movie is more yeah. about like the whole idea of um, black swans and catastrophic catastrophic events yeah. like COVID, um, and kind of how do we learn from them, and mm. what do we what do we kind of like um, how do we how do we grow. Like and and what do we what do we become like as a result of them? Because they're 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 not just kind of machines for uh, for destruction or machines they're for change. change. Yeah. 
and yeah. and the but like the stuff about it was confusing because it was, it was like oh no Martha's lost her house and oh no these people are gonna like um you know they they're they're going into the Bank of England get away from the was bank it, oh, oh Bailey you it was bad man Bailey I thought that was. Because yeah, they're, they're where it's like the Statue of Justice, and there was. I thought she was looking from the statue of. I was confused about where that was. Okay. Was, she was, on top was of the that she was like it on the was very the top old of the Bailey, Bailey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and I have. Of the old, of the I saw that she was on top of the old Bailey, and my London, my London geography was kind of failing me because I was thinking kind of like, yeah, they're one hundred percent going into the Bank of England, and then I saw her on the old Bailey, and I thought like. Oh, actually, maybe it's the old Bailey. And then I thought, no, maybe she's just standing on the old Bailey, <laughs> looking at the Bank of England. Does that work geographically? Yeah. And, um, but it's okay. She's going to evaporate. But yeah, no, you're, you're, you're. It's okay because an explosion happens. You're probably quite right. But but the the this whole idea of like this um uh, uh like uh, disruption yeah. of of the um, status quo or the of system. the status quo um well, the kind of like are should. But they're only there to kill people, um, yeah, I guess. Like they, 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 um, and the whole idea. Anyway, sorry, it was just confusing. Um, kind of. Uh, uh, okay. Politically, let's 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 um, let's, try, let's try and work this out then, Andrew. So we'll come back to the whole weird comic book thing in a second. This is interesting because, again, I would argue thematically the interesting thing about Snyder's trilogy is that it evolves from Superman into cyborg like cyborg is the future basically and there's an entire mm. monologues about how what you're doing is great but what really matters is what you're going to do in the future or silas's like end voiceover where it's like it's not the now that matters it's the next it's the next thing oh or which is interesting because it replaces lois's uh, monologue at the end of the justice league yeah. but um my it, it it was interesting as well because it was taking it away from being the kind of superhero that could either cause or prevent 9-11 to being the kind yes. of superhero yes. who could cause or prevent the financial yes. crisis. Sam and Andrew got there before I did. But yes, that is, yeah. that is exactly <laughs> where I was going. That's the evolution. So like Superman to Cyborg, Superman is presented in Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman as a 9-11 style catastrophe. And like not even metaphorically, like if you've watched the opening scene of Batman versus Superman, it's like, remember the day that like Metropolis humanity met the Superman? It looks a lot like any news footage you've ever seen yeah. of 9-11. Uh, and here it's like, no, 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 no. The future is Cyborg navigating the world's complex monetary systems and reallocating yeah. wealth to people who need it, uh, which is kind of like uh, they even have like you can control the entire nuclear arsenal of the world. And he's like, nope, not really interested in that. That's not really what I'm here for. No, he went for the banks. Yeah, but, which is it's fair. And I think that, I think that's which I, I kind of liked it because he I, and I don't know if it's just me that noticed it. He looked to make sure she was a good person. Like he saw, he saw the fact that she, she, she not only was on hard times, but like loads of people are on hard times, and they can be both bad and good. He took her, for example, and noticed that okay, she's a good person. She's trying her hardest. It's just the world is not giving her the chance. I'm going to give her the chance. And so he gave her a hundred thousand. He didn't give her a million. He gave her a hundred thousand, which to me, which surprised me because I was like, why aren't you giving her like a million? Why aren't you giving her ten million? And then it's just my mind just going. What? 
oh, because he knows that this is enough for her. She's not greedy. She's not, she's not um, in any way a bad person. She's just a person just living her life and just needs help. Until and so he helped her. <laughs> Until she got 100,000. And, and then, oh, don't say that. And, <laughs> and then she what, became what a really terrible Breed, person. Breed went to me. She goes, Linda Reed, is that someone in the comics? I went, no. A it's person. Just, it's just a person who yeah. need help. Uh, um, but what, who need help. need help. Sorry. We yes, all, we we need all help. need like, help. God damn it. Um, what, like, that's, that's the thing that I actually really liked about it, is that like there's this recurring motif that runs through it of that. So you have the foreclosure sign on like Martha's house. And again, it's mm. it's something where I'm like, am I giving Snyder too much credit? But it reminds me a lot of Hell or High Water because the bank that is reclaiming it is Comanche Bank. So you have this kind of like idea that the settlers came to America and they took the land from the Native Americans. And now you have the idea of the banks reclaiming the land from the settlers while suggesting mm. with the name Comanche. But like even the character of Flash... And this, like, again, this is, we haven't really talked that much about Flash, but one of the, thi- and we one of the things that I love about the character of Flash, and, and by the way, people with their 250 bingo cards, Aquaman, Aquaman is going to be your center square here, just so we're setting this up. But the, <laughs> but the character of Flash, one of the things that I love is that he's presented as a gig economy worker. He's working three or four jobs in order to make ends meet. Yeah, he finds the time. Well, because he's the Flash. But I love the idea that, like, that's the world that we live in, where if you had the power of super speed as a young man, you would basically only be using it to work three or four jobs. That would be like the the way in which the world works right now, because you need to do that to make ends meet. And I kind yeah. of, again, it's not a big thing. It's not as strong as the post 9-11 imagery in, say, Batman v Superman, where Superman is dragged before Congress. But it still feels like it's a theme. It still feels like it's something the movie's engaging with. It- it definitely is because you, you you have this kind of um, artist prepare a latte <laughs> for, for 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 Lois. Like it have yeah. like this close up of latte. I've never art. had one of those. Um, well, I'm- really? Are you like Darren and have never had a grown up drink? <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever I go to a coffee place, I usually just get a hot chocolate. By the so, way, yeah. that's that's Snyder's um, cameo. Snyder's cameo is appearing in the window as she walks out the shop. If you didn't notice it, is that that's Snyder? Snyder in his trademark uh, waistcoat and white shirt? Yeah, I didn't think that. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I should watch but, it again. Um, and like, and, and even I'm very sorry. By the way, I I shouldn't talk down um, like the a hot chocolate. Wow! I never get to see. I never get to see the artistry that's put into them because. And now you can say you can talk down to me because I always have the whipped cream on top. <laughs> always get that whipped cream, and you can't do it to that whipped but cream. Even things like, say, the sequence where Victor, um, Victor's mother, is talking to the principal about Victor hacking in and changing the grades. Even he looks but so proud. Even that is framed as like a social justice issue, as it were. It's framed as if like, yeah. well, her family yeah. lost her home because we're living through a giant recession and you expect her to pass her tests. And like even little things like that, because again, this is a movie about gods and demons and monsters and punching things in the face and Batman firing ray guns. But I kind of love that that stuff's there. Sorry, Andrew. No, no, you're fine. I, I just love <laughs> that scene. Um, was hilarious to me uh, because it was kind of like it was like the principal was saying 
just because your child is super cool and super smart <laughs> does not give him the right to be super bad. Um, and it was, it was kind of like, it, it, it was that, um, it was that moment in the movie where it's like all sort of exposition yeah. and it's like, well, like how, how's the kind of like quickest way we can get from like nobody knowing who this guy is to everybody like behind him and thinking he's the most awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like they had like three versions of that scene. They had the introduction to him literally, literally telling us how awesome he is. <laughs> Then they have the football scene that is literally telling you in how slow awesome motion. He is. And then it has yes, in slow motion. And then you have the flight scene that is telling you how awesome he is. But, and yeah. to be fair, that worked for me because after watching the Justice League, I'm just like, oh, Cyborg is getting so much love and he so deserves it. And I totally get why Ray Fisher has been so angry for the last four years. Uh, what, what I will say, but not 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 only is he um, captain of the football team. Yeah. And it's got and the quarterback, the QB quarterback, a a scholarship to Stanford University, uh, University in Cambridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's not part of any any kind of you know buying his way there. That's another thing. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's and he's really he's a really good kid too. Like he looks after people. God damn it, no kid can be that awesome. <laughs> that's that's Victor Stone, that, baby. That's well, that, that's the thing is that like again, one of my big problems with it is that even though it is four hours long, it is somehow <laughs> incredibly laden with exposition because it has to not like explain all of these characters' deals. Like so it's like, yeah, I hope you care about the politics of Atlantis, even though they don't really appear on screen and are only represented by like Amber Heard and Willem Dafoe with a kick-ass mullet and Oh god and, that and again to bring it back to that theme of masculinity, it's notable that like it's the women who tell like Aquaman to get his crap together. It's it's his yeah. mother's trident. It's Mira saying, Well, look, your mother would have gone to the surface world and dealt with this. Mm-hmm. Stop getting off your kind of like high horse nonsense. I don't care about anybody I don't owe everybody anything. And actually do something with it's your like, life. But it's kind of like Aquaman, you need to get over yourself. Is like I ain't getting over it. But sure I'll do this. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I like the fact that he's um like, it's kind of like um it's like that's my whole deal. My man. <laughs> but I, like, my I, man. I, I think the great thing about, and this is one of the things, because I actually have, I, I have a few issues with Aquaman's parts. Like, you know, everyone has their parts. There's Barry's part. There's, and that isn't even the Darren part. Bingo. That isn't even the Darren Bingo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the fact that there's, a, there's, there's very little changed in Aquaman's stuff compared to everyone. Like, Aquaman stuff is still pretty much the same. The only difference is we get more of... We get Vulco. And we also get a scene that makes no logical sense why it was taken out. The scene where Mera is fighting Steppenwolf and she is killing him. Like, she she sucks out the uh, water. And then starts talking about And then he's like, why, why are you... You, you can't... You can't... Uh, you, you can't uh, run away. And she's like, I'm not trying to run away. And she starts to literally pull out the liquid in his body. It is a brilliant visual scene it is just and again it's kind of it's to it's to it's to snyder's uh, strengths he is a fantastic visual artist you can say a lot about like his storytelling which has tons of flaws and his dialogue even in the, like even in this version like even i had issue with some of the stunted dialogue at times but his visuals are phenomenal like even the fight scene with wonder woman when in in the bank is a is is an upgrade to the justice league version 
Like how she moves and how she fights is oh. so much better. And then the fact that she has that little go between between her and the girl about how, you know, I want can I be like you? And she says, You can be whatever you want. I mean, that's not in the original yeah. version. Well, because because like the and central theme it's, it's the wonderful. central theme of Justice League is the idea that these heroes are ideas that inspire you. Again, like we mentioned Superman yeah. inspiring everybody else. Whereas the central theme of Whedon's Justice League is like the Superman you remember is the bestest thing ever. Um yeah. But sorry, to bring I'm, I'm, no, it's just it's just the fact that I just I I got caught up in the fact that that scene was that that I don't get why we um, took that scene out of Mera I, doing something. I know exactly why. Because, cool. I know exa- because he why? he was um he was she 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 was she was taking men's um, <laughs> fluids uh, power their virility harvesting them and and that's how they win. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but what I will say actually the reason why I suspect that was taken out is because um it's violent it's it's orated she pulls blood out of him like if you yeah but there's loads of blood what I found funny about that scene that I've never noticed before Atlanteans bleed black. Okay. Several several things here. One of the things that there's a lot of cool impaling. Yeah. And there was a lot of cool yes. impaling in the in the end of of yes. Of, of well, this I mean, movie. like like it, it it's made for like like this a a, a movie a kind of for and about America, um in in a lot of ways. Kind of they they, they sim, similar to kind of like like how like a lot of the Superman Snyder stuff, um was, but even without um with um without superman in us mm. um anyway well, I mean, no, no, to, but to bring Sorry. it back i think this is actually an interesting thing to talk about because it's something i have complicated kind of feelings about which is like this is in many ways i think i mentioned this this is snyder's happiest movie since legend of the guardians guards of Gahuli, the the owl <laughs> movie the owl fascist Whee! movie which is a really odd thing to say but is apparently a snyder movie that nobody has seen uh but it's it's his it. most wholesome sincere and optimistic movie but it's also like ridiculously blood splattered. It is orated in the sense of like the amount of violence it contains on screen. One of the things mm. that I noticed repeatedly is that like in most movies, when characters get thrown against walls, they just like fall down. In Yeah. No, I noticed in this. Snyder's Justice League, when characters get thrown against like walls, when Wonder Woman is throwing people against walls in the bank, but also when like Steppenwolf is throwing Atlanteans against rocks. They leave like actual blood splatters. That dude's head caved in yeah. and was still able to talk. Yeah. Um, which I find like I find myself kind of divided on because part of me is like, well, you know, I mean, it's a bit much. But part of me is also like, I kind of like the reminder that people are like spongy bags of meat juice. I mean, I mean, in this film, um, which wasn't it was absent in the previous version. Um, Barry bleeds a lot. Yeah. Do you notice that? Like, he gets hit a lot, and he screams, and he gets hurt. Even with his accelerated healing factor, he still gets wounded a fair bit, and it's it's a nice touch. I, I say a nice touch. It, again, it's it's what you say. It adds a sense of real urgency to the, to the uh, proceedings. And I mean, the way in which Steppenwolf dies as well, where his, like... Superman like lasers off one of his horns, and That's Wonder mean. Wonder Woman decapitates him and throws his head through. Oh like, no 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 no! What, what you're missing the thing. Uh, Aquaman impales him on a track. Aquaman impales him, throws him backwards. Teamwork. And then Wonder Woman cuts his head off as she as he's going past, and then as, as, did as you a, see the bit where the Flash just kind of like um it's it's almost as if he's going to come through and the flash just like rips his balls off <laughs> sure um, no that was too fast for me uh, you have to go through that stop was, motion yeah you have to Freeze actually pause oh, okay, the, yeah, I gotcha. yeah. Um, 
But like, part of me is like, yeah, this is very juvenile and very like 12 year old metal album cover. And like, part of me is also like, yeah, but this is again, something that is not in any other superhero movie. So I kind of can go with it this once. Mm-hmm. But like at the same, um, and that, that, that probably is to this movie's credit because there was a lot of stuff in the very same movie that felt like it was you know, the, the exact, no, the, the exact same nonsense we see in every Marvel movie. Yeah. Like the whole idea of, and, and, and I get that, that, that they're, they're both comic book movies and they might have the same tropes, you know, but of, of, you know, even the, um, of the boxes. <laughs> Like um, like the Infinity Stone sort of thing, is exactly it? yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That, and that 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 it's kind of like if um like you you kind of want to commend the ways in which this movie kind of does something different <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is enough in this movie that makes you think kind of like, well, like why is it like, really why that is different? This, yeah, why are they just trying to remake kind of like yeah. these movies that we've already seen? Well, that's it. Like um, I would argue, it's less different from the superhero template than something like, say, Tim Burton's Batman, which we both love. You, yeah, love, you love more than I do. I love Batman Returns. I think more than you do. So it all balances. I out. love Batman Returns. Um, so and silly. things like, say, even the Nolan movies, I think, are more different from the superhero template than this is. To be fair, I think that's a very, yeah. very fair and valid point. Mm. I mean, is is that kind of what you're getting at with the Robbie Collin remark, where it feels this feels almost like the end game? so to speak of hollywood superhero genre obsession like yeah yeah i i I think it's going to be difficult to make many more um big um and i i could be totally wrong (laughs) <laughs> like I'm sure they have plans on making tons, no, but they they, do. I I don't think I I think this kind of if the end hasn't already been signaled, then I I, 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 I bell has been wrong. I'm about to say the bell's been yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they it like for me it 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 is it is kind of like um where where do you how do you escalate? Um, yeah, that that it's kind of that is um. It 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 feel it feels like um it's it's taking um kind of it, it's taking these kind of blockbuster comic book movies to um a, a sort of a a a, a logical um uh, conclusion I guess and that um like as 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 bad as supposedly the the Whedon one was in in terms of like it being um like focus grouped yeah and kind of marvelized death. going yeah. full marvel i think was one of the quotes that a warner brother executive instructed him go full marvel yeah as 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 far as that kind of criticism goes this this kind of feels like it's um it's in 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 some ways kind of well, there, there, there's something, there's something both kind of admirable and also terrible about it. About it, like, like it's, it's kind of a, it feels like a democratization where it's, you, you know, it's like let's give, you know, the mob love these movies, so let's make one for the mob, you know, um, where, where, where the mob are actually a very vocal minority, 
of um of uh, fans on online yeah. who don't represent the, the mainstream the audience well, mainstream I... audience but but because the internet is easier to read than humanity yeah um <laughs> it's 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 easier for for kind of um executives to assume film studios to decide like well we don't know what people think but twitter thinks um uh, uh, twitter thinks you know Exactly. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. It's the way news is. Yeah, where everything gets blown up because it happened on Twitter. And like you have articles now that are composed primarily of tweets, of like mm, people's yeah. tweets. What I, I, I find myself kind of torn on, on this, where part of me is like, yes, I agree with that. And part of me is also wary of, and again, the Snyder cult, which is, is very interesting. Because I think like Richard Newbery um, at The Hollywood Reporter has made the point that like the... And again, this is something we kind of alluded to earlier. And Graham, these are the people Graham is trying to distance himself from. Yeah, I the, need to. The most, <laughs> <laughs> the most public and vocal face of these uh, people who are very enthusiastic for the Snyder Cult are obnoxious, threatening, and like can be terrible. Like reporters have received death threats, for example. I've got people pop up in my mentions who are threatening to do things to me and that sort of stuff. And they are horrible and you don't want to give them what they want. Yeah. Part of me is also like I feel like that stable that the horse is already bolted in that regard, and that I I tend to right. think I tend to think that like the 2017 version of Justice League was arguably that to that extent because Batman v Superman made a profit. It made like 880 million dollars. It didn't break the billion, but it turned a profit. Mm-hmm. But the reason why they got panicky on it was because of Twitter and the idea of it becoming like a joke among people who are obsessed about this sort of stuff uh, and who fixate on this stuff and turned it into a punchline and kind of like, again, got really angry and righteous. It's very telling that the first thing they did after the reaction to Batman v Superman was to invite a bunch of movie bloggers from places like Collider and Birth Movies Death and take them to the set. So they could meet with Ben Affleck and they could meet with Snyder and they could say, look, we're going to make the movies you guys want us to make. We're going to make movies mm. like the movies that Marvel make. So I tend to think that like when it comes to pleasing the mob, that door has unfortunately already been. Yeah, hit. I mean, like when they when they invited people like Steve Weintraub uh, from Collider and that Collider prides itself on apparently being uh, something quite critical and quite... Um, uh independent know, of, yeah yeah but it's not it is just a bunch of um <laughs> whoa it's... graham's going full <laughs> it's just no i've this seen, I've seen it's a bunch of real it's decent tried, people yeah. it's, skirting, it's skirting the line between yes we are professional proper film critics but then they have literal moments on twitter on their own youtube channel and that where they just... was it collider that got in trouble after the death of chadwick boseman was that collider or was that slash um, film I think it was, yeah. But also, like, um, Collider, Collider had several of its pundits over the years continually de- um, insult anyone who believed that the Snyder Cut was in any way real. They continually pointed out that anyone who believed it was a was a dumbass or an idiot or anything like that. Listeners can't see, but Graham's armor is suddenly sharper and flexing right now. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just, it's just... Being... Look how sad his eyes are. <laughs> yeah, like a little pug. I just want to go um... home. That's how... I just, you know, I be... you know, I made a mistake. Um, you know, 50,000 more planets? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, Graham, I cut you off there. Apologies. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's just, no, it's just, um... Like, I used to listen to Collider quite a lot, um... 
And then they just took a very weird personal turn at certain individuals and in that over over countless years. And it's kind of it just turned me off them. And um, I, I like I, I at one point thought they were what they said they were, you know, a really big professional thing, uh, company. But then I've seen some of the things that they've done over the years to employees and that. And it's it, it, it's not right. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of get why they, why Warner Brothers sadly kowtowed down to them. Because at one point in time, they had a large audience with a vocal fan base, and they themselves are always quite vocal. Listeners also can't see that Graham is leaning back in a couch. Yeah, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> We've been talking for two, talking for two hours. Two hours. Oh, no, two um, the, sorry, the 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 clock is there for 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 us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you don't 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 need to don't remind us about this, it. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll. Um, we'll edit this stuff down. We won't bill for these. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right then. Just quickly for me, because I did promise this to listeners, and I feel like if <laughs> listeners have listened this far into the podcast, they deserve that Darren Bingo thing. Let's talk about Aquaman. And my man. My man, and again, tying back to this theme of masculinity and femininity, one of the most interesting aspects of Snyder's Aquaman, because he's the guy who cast Jason Momoa, he's the guy who used him here and kind of defined this version of the character, is the reinvention of Aquaman for the female gaze, which I find absolutely fascinating. He's king of the oceans, and as we all know, the oceans are a big blue vagina, uh, but they're basically this sapphic space from which all life came. And one of the interesting things about, like, no, like, I'm, I'm joking there, but I'm also being serious, is that, like, Aquaman here is reinvented as an object for objectification and consumption, but for a female audience. I was on mm. the radio this week reviewing um, Jack Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I was talking to the presenter, and I was like, you know, the movie pretends that you don't know who the Flash and, like, Cyborg and Aquaman are, and she's like, I know who Aquaman is. And- <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I saw those tweets. And I- Very funny. Oh, it was, like, somebody, like, people are thirsty for Aquaman, which is good. Yeah. Um, but like, and again, like I, I mentioned, like like Snyder does that thing where there's this love, thing where he like, I love peels this, off like three three heterosexual men. This is the this is where you go to <laughs> to discuss the female gaze. <laughs> discuss like kind of like we're hey hey man, you know we're we're like now I'm not into him. But let's no, no, just no. talk for like this, fifteen, this, maybe this, twenty this, minutes yeah. about how hot he is. What like, a hunk. Yeah. Snyder Snyder gives <laughs> well, that's both that's... men and women ample opportunities to see both Henry Cavill. And uh, Jason Momoa topless for a solid five to ten yes. minutes. <laughs> Henry Cavill is, like doesn't a have human. a shirt for so long. He has forgotten what shirts were. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amy Adams. Amy Adams, who has talked at length at interviews how she loves touching him, got to got to put his shirt on and the loving care that she just like goes and one hand in here and another hand in here. That's my boy. Well, no, no. Henry Cavill is looking at the shirt. He's like, what, what is this? What is it? It's I'm like, hold. Yeah, but if you don't put it on, I'm going to be distracted the whole time. It's, it's like trousers for your upper body. Um, but like, no, no, but I mean like, like that's the thing is that like, we, we talked about like, and again, this is very much a 250 thing. I love that when we talked about Thor Ragnarok. How and is this a 250 thing? It's a 250 trope. When it, when it, when, about, like, by the way, Thor Ragnarok, at some point, I, yeah, I, this is exactly I, what I'm I, I was like, Kate Blanchett yes. is 
gorgeous in yeah. this. She's incredible. You just want to like, like she like freezes you with her eyes. Tessa and Darren Thompson's, was like, uh, Tessa Thompson's whole just vibe. Just <laughs> and, and Darren's like, no, no, Dar- no, no, no. Let's let, let. Dar- Darren was like, okay, let's let's get off that. Yeah, That's no, no, a bit no, no. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, like, let's... Darren, we like how long did we spend talking about Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. Um, let's not talk, let's not get leery about the female cast members, but back to the men. Um, but, but, no, but like I mean, one of the things I do find because again, we've talked on the two fifty about the evolution of the male body, but like the way in which Snyder shoots things like Aquaman peeling off his tank top in slow motion for five minutes, three as, times as he's gently caressed by the ocean. Um, and you you have fan service in as well in like Aquaman talking dot racky yeah uh, basically yeah. like like obviously it's it's, it's probably Icelandic. what Icelandic yeah. Um, yeah. or Danish or something I kind of um, I love that sequence where Aquaman's introduced and just like throws his clothes off on the beach which you have to assume that he just does every time he comes on land. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it off because it's for the fans. Yeah, that's it. What I find like, funny was, and they, they and sing like there's a little they, choir. There's a choir that is not in the Justice League version. <laughs> like there's a choir of three fairly attractive women who are just singing his praises. And they pick up and they kind of smell it, and it's like it smells like Aquaman. Um, whatever Aquaman. What does it smell of? Momoa. Um. But like it's not Lynx Atlantis anyway. <laughs> but like, but like very much like that. Yes. That's the thing about like Aquaman, and like you can see it carry over into James Wan's movie, where it's like yeah. he's very much for the female gaze. Like he's very proactive, affirmative consent. One of his first lines in Aquaman is to drop down out of the ceiling, <laughs> glance at you over his shoulder, brushing his hair back, and say permission to come aboard he he comes out of the sea at one point with mera with pitbull playing <laughs> but like but like I, I actually do find that kind of interesting because like people talk about like snyder as this kind of like absurdly hyper masculine filmmaker and i think they tend to miss the extent to which like my mom is a big fan of batman v superman and she will freely admit because that henry cavill looks like a very nice man um <laughs> What does that mean exactly? What exactly does that mean in the Mooney household? He looks like a very nice man. Mom, he's in a bathtub with Amy Adams. Yeah, but just look how he's in that bath. No, but like even that scene, right? So like, again, we mentioned Amy Adams and how much she loves touching Henry Cavill. (laughs) Amy Adams is nine years older than Cavill. How wow. many how many blockbuster movies can you point is to? That every, is that every Lois has always been older no. than every well, Clark? Well, keep in mind that like the Lois and Clark is also that age as well. But I mean, like nine years older. How many movies can you point to where the female lead is nine years older than her love interest? It typically works the other way around. Like again, yeah. like Fallout, Tom Cruise and, you know, Rebecca Ferguson and Vanessa Kirby. That's more than a nine year gap there, I think, in both. Tom days. Cruise in every film he's been in that's, for the past 20 years. Right? That's, that's a fair point. But mm. like that sort of stuff is, is kind of fascinating to me is that like Snyder does that where you have like and, and that sequence in the bathtub in particular, like the audience is gazing at like Henry Cavill tearing his shirt off for the pleasure of a- no, but for the pleasure of Amy Adams. Like it's not like look at this man; he's going to tear his shirt off and like break a bathtub or like crack open a supervillain's head. It's like no, he's going to strip it off, and this woman who is nine years older than him is going to bask in it and be satisfied by it. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> it's just Show really funny because there's also down, the fact that the there's also the fact that when when she when she shows up uh, when the, when they arrive back at the Kent farm and she like holds his hand and they start walking back to the Kent household and you just see his back and it's just like holy crap and is and like now I'm doing now I'm doing the lowest lane thing crap. It's just like yeah 
Um, listeners can't see, but Graham is caressing an invisible Henry Cavill. I'm not like, caressing it. I'm just trying to figure out, like, how do you get a we're body all, like that without we're all a little with Graham. the devil? We're, we're all a little Graham was, right now, are we? We're, I, I nearly <laughs> said we're all a little Greg. We're all a little Grey Graham. But, uh, um, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied. Just thinking. That's just that's thinking that's about that's those tongue That's the Momoa Cavill. Um, wow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but like Darren what was your experience on the on that, on that radio show talking about like Jason Momoa no no like no it was though like again and, and I actually think it's I think it's remarkable I think it's something that's like worth celebrating is the fact yeah. that, that it's very much like the way in which like cinema has treated women for god knows how long all of a sudden it's realizing that women also like to look because I, I was like yeah and it's like I know Aquaman it's like well that's great because there's a sequence where he spends five minutes in slow motion peeling off her tank top and she was like so this is on Sky Now this morning, right? Uh, so, the worst part is, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you guys this story. This is very really funny. Uh, I found it very hard to fall asleep the night before because I was really excited because I was like, "Oh, here comes here comes Justice League," and I woke up at quarter to seven, checked the Now TV app, and it was not there. And I started to actually freak out and annoy annoy my other half. Because I couldn't find it on the Now TV app. I was like, oh god, it's not... Oh my god, it's the UK version. Oh no, we're the Irish version. Oh no, we've been cut out. And then I realised, I kept looking up I kept looking up things on the phone. Just to go, um, when's it? Do when's other it people have it yet? Have other how, people seen it? How, other people have seen it? It's like Googling and then I realized, oh, how to get my show- boner back. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't come onto Scott. It doesn't come onto Now TV until after 10 so I had to like I could, but I couldn't fall back asleep, and I was so Bree Bree just went to me, Graham just Aww. go up and do something. Aww. So I just I, I woke up at like properly nine o'clock, maybe half eight, and just started playing video games until ten o'clock, and then I got breed up. It's like Christmas. It's like I, it was like the times when I was a child going, Aww. wake up, wake up. It's time for superheroes. I, I feel really... And, I, and for Breed, it's like having a child. Yeah. yeah very much. I, I feel really I feel really bad because, like, I got to see this a couple of days early as a review. And I, yeah. te- I, I, like, I know that this is Graham's buzz. I know Graham's really excited about this. So I kind of yeah. figured that if I'd gotten it, all the other critics had gotten it too. So I was like, Graham, what nope. did you think of it? This is like an oh, inverse yeah, Darren Disney messaged, day. Darren, yeah. We can talk about this now. Darren messaged me two days, three days before it came out. Uh, a little over a week. A little yeah, under. Oh a week, God! A under a week. You, you can't say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I, was actually, I was actually literally told I can't tell anybody that I have yeah. a screener. So, and he goes, he goes to me. So, what did you think? And I was, and I, and the thing is, Darren, I immediately this knew what you meant. This is all getting removed. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> all this detail about, about oh, is it how, inside yeah, baseball? Yeah. Um, oh, okay, never all, mind. Never mind. This is all getting edited out in a podcast. I will say there were critics who had clearly gotten it in Ireland before me, and I know their mentality and I was annoyed and I will make them pay for what they've done <laughs> sooner or later all right then so after the embargo when <laughs> yeah. Darren revealed that he had seen it yeah. yes <laughs> legally um, but um all right then so very quickly in terms of other stuff we should probably talk about the <laughs> the like the weird coda stuff the commitment to Snyder to the idea that he's getting a sequel which is fascinating to me where it's like because this is very much like this is like a last ditch effort. This is a miracle that this happened, but it's constructed in such a way that Snyder's like, yeah, but what if I set up a bunch of giant sequels that are probably also never going to get made? Well, well he's, weirdly, he set up the, the original Ben Affleck Deathstroke 
feed Batman film. Well, I mean, the, the implication there is that Deathstroke's going to join the Injustice League. In Well, no, ju- no, because they changed that dialogue. Yeah. The original dialogue was, we have our own just Injustice Society. In this new dialogue, it's a completely, diff- it's a completely new so- dialogue scene where he tells Deathstroke Batman's name, setting up Ben Affleck's um, proposed film where it would be Deathstroke dismantling Bruce Wayne's life until Batman takes him down. Which is never going to happen. No. Which is like, Ben Affleck is like, I'm done. Well, it, it's, it's, it's like kind of, um, it's make your own future. <laughs> Which um, Barry Make does. your own past. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Which, by the way, is one of my favorite scenes in the film. Right I'd now. I'd say they, they, they finally, they, that scene was exactly what I wanted to see a cinematic flash do. The colors, the score, the, 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 the visuals, everything was perfect in that scene. I adored it. And, and and it was a nice homage to Superman too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lovely touch. And also like, it just, it's like, ha planet's not turning backwards now. Well, no, it's that, just being that, reformed. That's, that's the thing is that like, so like the previous two Snyder movies both riff very heavily on Superman too. Obviously like bringing yeah. back Zod and the destruction of Metropolis and even the things like the bullying trucker, they're all lifted directly from Superman too. Except mm-hmm. in Man of Steel, Snyder's like, let me rub your face in how horrible this stuff is. Where it's like, imagine a world where Clark bullied a trucker. It would be terrible. Imagine a world where like Superman came to Metropolis and threw buses at one another. It wouldn't be funny. It would be like 9-11 times 10,000. That's right. It would be like 9 million 110,000 um, but that sort of stuff like and, and it's all very unpleasant and uncomfortable and what's interesting is that by the time you get to Justice League Snyder's taken that nostalgia for Superman 2 and he's actually like no 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 it would be really cool so you have things like the sequence at the start with the terrorists right where they take mm. the old Bailey they're planning to detonate a bomb that will kill absolutely everybody the superhero arrives picks up the bomb throws it into the upper atmosphere and it explodes that's the opening scene from Superman 2. At yeah. the end of the movie, the hero realizes that things are messed up, that he can't actually fix things from the way that they've been ruined. And the only way to do it is to like cheat and use his powers to magically turn back time. That's not just Justice League. That's Superman 2, where he spins super fast around the world. Yep. Um, I kind well, that's of... also Superman 1. Yeah, but that, that was Superman 1 because... It's, written, yeah, yeah. yeah, what it, happened, yeah. It's very meta in terms of, like, I know this was the, the kind of, in some people's mind, the kind of original or intended cut. Yes. But no, no studio was ever going to let <laughs> yeah, this happen. Yes. Like, 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 regardless of... Um, it literally took an apocalypse yeah. for it to happen. Yeah, but, but the, the, uh, this is very much a redo. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's it's a movie about kind of um, turning back time. We yeah, yeah. and it's like, did you know we could redo old movies? Old movies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we don't have to make anything. To be fair, I I want I want the Snyder cut of like uh, Godfather Part Two. The Snyder cut of Gone with the Wind. To be fair, isn't there like a a recut version now of Godfather Part Three? Yeah. Yes, what's like, his face? That era Coppola. Yeah, yeah, and but but there there's also that fella um, who did wow, what's his name? Much that did Dune. Well, Richard Donner did it with Superman too. Again, bringing yeah, make, did, making yeah. this all perfectly symmetrical and turning it into a circle where he was taken off Superman two, replaced with Richard Lester, and then he just like twenty thirty years later got to remake it. Um, basically, who, who's the guy again who did Haywire? 
Oh, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, he did it with yeah, he's done a whole bunch. Doesn't of, he do that all the time? Yeah, with a whole bunch of like, movies. Like he made Indiana wow. Jones a silent film, I think, at one point. Yeah. Which in the show. Wow, great. that's interesting. Or, he's just making movies for the crap. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> this like he's more productive in his retirement than he was when he actually kind of like, you know, was working as a film director. Um and then I guess that brings us nicely to the epilogue. And this is where I find <laughs> this is what I find particularly kind of interesting, right? Is that like Andrew mentioned this is a redo, and it absolutely is a redo. One of the big debates over the Snyder Cut was whether or not it existed, and the argument was, like, it existed in that a lot of the footage was there, but it needed to be edited, the CGI needed to be done, and so much of this movie is CGI, that doing the CGI is basically doing the movie the first time over. Um, But Snyder has argued that a lot of the movie exists as he would have done it in 2017. And I think that's largely true, in that, like, a large, a surprisingly large amount of like Justice League is Snyderman being conciliatory to his fans, like mm-hmm. to the people who were very angry at Batman v Superman about how Lex Luthor didn't look like Lex Luthor, how he acted like Mark Zuckerberg. Well, look, there's a closing scene now where he's bald and he wears a nice suit like Lex Luthor to the fans who watch Batman v Superman and were like, Batman doesn't use guns, except he does use grappling hooks and lasers, but not real guns, I tell you. So, like, Justice League is yeah, like... Yeah, also, he used guns in his first okay, outing in his very first comic, okay, okay, no. okay, okay, Graham, but, like, anyway, let's not get down that rabbit hole. But the, the point mm. the point is that this is like, yeah, but Batman's not going to use real guns. He's just going to use energy gauntlets and laser guns and grappling hooks, because those aren't real guns. And it's like, Snyder, Snyder throughout this movie is incredibly conciliatory to his critics. The people who are like, this stuff is too dark and too edgy. And then... And then you hit, like, the, the the only new footage that he shot. And I kind of adore this. Because it's like Snyder going, you thought I was conciliatory? You thought I was, like, being mature mm. and kind of grown up? Load of me. And it's like, I'm bringing back Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. I am literally going to have Ben Affleck say to Jared Leto's Joker, Joker and I'm going to bleep this, so let's just do it once. I will kill you. Like, it's a movie where Batman... In the name of Harley Quinn. But it's a movie where Batman delivers the line, I will kill you to another character in a comic book. It's arguably the most Zack Snyder thing imaginable. Yeah. And I kind of love that it's like... I don't know. It feels like the most Zack Snyder thing is how um, is how Joker responds. But like... I don't, I don't want to say the line because it actually kind of grosses me out. Okay, but like... Is it... It's not the grossest line in the movie, though. It is! It's like, just the tip of the tip. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, Jesus. That, that's the, like, the most kind of, like, you know, in, in like, it's almost like thumbing its nose at all of the kind yeah, of, Yeah, there were better, you know, I, that's, that's what I mean. Be, there were better ways to say that line. People who live in the basements who, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who get really angry um, about stuff like this. We live in a exactly. society. Um, like, like again, that movie, that line doesn't appear in the movie, but no. it appeared in the trailer. So, Andrew, there's, like, Jared Leto recorded a line, we live in a society, um, which is, like, a meme about the Joker, so that it could be included in the trailer in order to provoke people. And the, and the internet went nuts that day. It did. Um, which, and again, like, part of me is, like, kind of, like, this is all very juvenile, and this is all very, like, 12-year-old angsty heavy metal fan. But part of me is also like, feck it, the movie's almost over anyway. He might as well yeah. indulge himself at this point, really, right? Am I right? Uh, I just find it interesting that um, he then, like, so Snyder's basically setting up a an Injustice universe, an Injustice sequel, where Superman is a bad guy. 
And if you notice, um, when when that when Cyborg has that weird flash forward into the future, you see a moment where uh, Superman is over a crisp body, a burning in body, cave. in the Bat Cave, and she's like, "Okay, so that's clearly Lois's body. Why is it in the Bat Cave?" Well, because she and Batman were having an affair. You see, Graham. A bat fair, yeah. if you and will. And Dark Side is there to console him. Uh, yes, because it's always got to be on brand. And Dark Side's there to console him, which immediately just, just then turns Superman evil. And it's just like, so. And, and then we get cut to the the epilogue, and it's like Superman is sorry, Batman is there with Mera, who like is holding containers of water, I imagine, so that she can still use her powers. Flash is there in a different suit of armor. Um, Cyborg has now gone full Quasimodo with his mech suit. It's a dream. <laughs> it's not a dream. It's because this, here's the thing that they pointed careful, out. Careful, uh, Andrew, they, you've done it now. Um. Here's, the thing, here's the thing that they pointed out. Um, Joker said, I wonder how many alternate timelines you screw up because of your actions. Meaning that these guys know there's a multiverse. They know there's alternate timelines. And the Joker apparently is key to them fixing this. And I think the thing is that Joker's madness allows him to see into the multiverse. So they're hoping that he'll be able to help them figure out a way to fix it all. It's just, Graham, it's, it's very comic booky to its detriment, almost. Graham, I feel like I'm, I feel kind of terrible. I feel like I'm punching like a pug with sweet eyes that just wants to go home. But no, yeah. you know what, Darren, know. Darren, Graham is right. I, I feel like he's listed maybe about two or three movies that are 100% <laughs> going to get made. <laughs> Because this movie got made, yeah. you know that it's 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 like what? what why are we going to so get our multiverse movie yeah. where the Joker is there alone to 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 open up the? Oh, okay, you are making that good. <laughs> I'll watch that. Yeah. It's just it was just it was just it's the most comic booky I've ever seen a comic book film go. And 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 at the same and it's like it's like Andrew said it was both terrific and terrible. Because I was, it was like I was seeing the future, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, this could go horribly wrong if this is allowed." Well, you, you know what that sequence is, though. That sequence is basically Snyder's partners. It's the parties who were most supportive of Snyder during yeah. this whole endeavor, surviving the apocalypse. It's like its metafictional touch isn't particularly subtle. So, like Leto, who played the Joker in Suicide Squad, and who was mm. basically edited out of Birds of Prey, and was really, really upset at that but who agreed to come back to do this with Snyder in order to put his mark on the character again. It's Joe, mm. uh, and I apologize, I'm going to mangle his story. Manganello. Manganello. It's Joe Manganello who was promised a Deathstroke movie, but never got one outside of a teaser at the end of the Theatrical of Justice yeah. League, coming back to Snyder and saying, yeah, well, Snyder got to make his movie, so I'm going to reprise this character. It's yeah. Did you mention on the radio that Manganello was in it? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> there are did you anybody mention that he's a big D&D fan? Are, Magic fan. Mike? Magic, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's huge into it, isn't he? Oh, he's yeah, absolutely I've, massive I've, into it. I've like, seen, he's got his own I've dungeon. Some... He's got his own stuff. Yeah. He's got his own um, character now put into the D&D well, lore. When you say he has his own dungeon, I was flashing into like Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, no, he has my, no. my he has interests a, are a bit more esoteric. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, he has his own D and D parlor, basically downstairs in his in his house. What do you call it? A parlor? Uh, it just Vince sounds Vaughan even more goes, like a fine. Um, Vince Vaughn <laughs> is part of it. Uh, the Big Show. Um, tons of tons of uh, celebrities are a part of it. 
uh it's really cool but like i'm glad that i'm glad that that two and a half hour tangent talking <laughs> about um, uh, justice league is over and that we're back to talking <laughs> about <the laughs> <game>. <laughs> um, what i will say actually just uh very quickly though like it, it is the actors who have been cut out of the dceu so like obviously it's affleck who swore that he would never wear the costume again but who as a writer and director who works with warner brothers is very invested in the idea of creative freedom and directors having creative freedom and has been supportive of Snyder for that it's like Amber Heard who is caught up in her own controversies and there are rumors and suggestions about her yeah, she's gonna be gone that now. she's possibly going to be removed or recast but she's coming back and she's working with Snyder in this scene as well it's Ray Fisher who vocally spoke against uh Whedon and who talked mm. about the abuse on set and who arguably opened the floodgates into the accusations against Whedon that followed, yeah. but who has been candidly supportive of Snyder and has been punished for that. He's been cut out of the new Flash movie because of that. Warner's- There's still time, hopefully, for, to, for him to come back. Yeah. I hope he does, because this I film is really... I don't think we'll character. see another Jared Leto... Joker uh, scene Joker movie. Don't say... Don't, don't, don't be careful what you... you yeah, like I don't know anything about like, like, this I'm stuff. I'm not saying you don't know anything, but like, be careful. To. Because I, the thing is, there's, you know, and Darren will know this, there's, because of the Snyder Cut being so well-received, there's talk of the air cut. Of Suicide Squad, David Ayer yeah. coming back and recutting his version of Suicide Squad, which, which we'll probably talk has about a next ton year. More Joker in it, which we'll probably talk about next year on this podcast. To be fair, um, but like, it- can we stop doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you damaged? <laughs> oh. um, but no, like that's that's what that scene is. It's the character. That new shampoo. Yeah. Well, a, I will it's say, character- Darren, your your Darren, your your metaphor does fall up fall a bit when you have Ezra Miller also in that scene. Yeah, but Ezra Miller at the same time was brought in by Snyder has been supportive of Snyder and has oh that's true and has okay. also like his version of the flash I, I think Ezra sorry Miller uses their pronouns I'm not entirely sure and if if I'm wrong oh, really? I apologize I think Ezra Miller's non-binary but as oh, okay. they've brought in um Grant Morrison they brought in Grant Morrison to work on the flash movie and Grant Morrison they was did, yeah. Grant Morrison was removed from the flash movie as well yes. so again there's an argument there that Miller being there also represents a kind of a discontinued line of this kind of shared universe. So again, it's all very look at me waving my influence and power and look at me celebrating all these like continuity dead ends and entanglements and actors who are kind of going Oh, that doesn't post that doesn't bode well for the fact that Henry Cavill appears in that scene. No, well Henry Cavill only appears via CGI. Like Cavill is interesting because Cavill Cavill was one of the actors more reluctant to support Snyder. Momoa, like, have you seen the video of Momoa with Snyder? It is a, no, it is adorable. Yeah. It is a, he picks him up and hugs him, and being hugged by Jason Momoa looks like it should be painful, but is also adorable. Um, well, I mean, the fact is, it was also the fact that what was it? Uh, Henry Cavill was the one to announce the Snyder cut along with okay. Zach during the uh, during the watch along. Okay, but which I, was very nice. But yeah, I don't believe Cavill came back for any reaches. I think that's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 Henry Cavill strikes me as the sort of guy who's who's quite decent, but is not going to like have any interest in having a big hug or anything like that. He seems very <laughs> well, he... stiff upper lip, in spite of uh, well, like, I mean, well, that was CGI. the American accents. That, he's yeah, that was mostly yeah. CGI, um, to be fair, Andrew. Um. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> um, of Miller, do we do um, do we need to talk more about add flash? Um, do we need to talk about Flash? For audiences who can't see, Andrew clearly has a load of notes, and he clearly has notes on like Flash, apparently. All right, let's yeah, talk about Flash. And I, 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 Is it the I hot dog it. scene? 
Andrew. Well, the hot dog scene is no, actually no. beautiful. Actually, I don't. Really I don't actually scene. want to talk about um, the Flash. I just wanted to to try badly to make a. We need to talk about Kevin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and very quickly, the final final closing scene shot with Ben Affleck, who is like Woo! again clearly. Not, we've, not, we've not talked safe. about that. Yes, it's himself, himself, and J.K. Simmons yeah. kind of represent me <laughs> in, in the movie. Well, at some point, like you see, somebody's talking, like just mountains of exposition, <laughs> and J.K. Simmons is just kind of standing there, <laughs> well, like, "Do I need to be well, here?" And somebody <laughs> says, "Mother box," and he just kind of looks at that person as a. Motorbox? What? Yeah. You, oh, forget you it. guys look like you got this. Um, can you just replace yeah, me with a stand yeah. Can you see you I mean? What I was going to say about that ending, though, the Martian Manhunter, which is absolute Yay. nonsense. But you know why it's the Martian Manhunter? Why? Well, you're obviously it, asking I, I'm Graham, ask Graham because you know I don't care. Is it, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to say this now. I don't know why it's the Martian Manhunter, but I'm going to guess that originally it was a Green Lantern? Yes, yes it was. Oh my God, am I, seriously? Because yeah. that's the thing, in the, and I just realised, in the see, Nightmare this is scene, why you see I asked dead, Andrew, you see, look at how much yeah, fun he's having. Yeah, in the original scene, in the original uh, Nightmare scene, uh, to the Flash f- future, you see a dead Kilowog. Yep. And she's like, oh my God, Kilowog's dead! You, and he's a he's a very famous Green Lantern in the <laughs> comics. Is, was, that, was that supposed to be Kilowog? Yeah, that was Kilowog. Oh, they no, no, have, it K- should have been Kilowog. Kilowog wasn't going to cameo. Sorry, no, it wasn't Kilowog cameo. That was Kilowog who died in the in the Justice League. And also, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like they 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 they'll get to have a Green Lantern. Yeah, as well. yeah, hopefully. Well, I mean, well, that's that's the thing. Is well, like they, you know, that they had the Green Lantern kind of Ryan Gosling in in this Ryan Reynolds know, but, like in in the in, flashback sequence in with with Darkseid and stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah, where where it's like Ares and... Um, David Thewlis. David Thewlis looked super weird. A, a, a credit. Yes, he gets yeah, an opening he played him. No, no he, he provided the voice. They used the Did body he double. Did say anything? I think he went... Arr! Okay, I guess that counts. But I mean, it's enough to get you a single credit. Amber Heard has to share her credit, but David Thewlis is like, I just roared my way through this. David, David Thewlis is like... <laughs> <laughs> you can fix that in post, right? It's like... <laughs> but like so which Green Lantern was it supposed to be it or? was Yellen Gurr I'm glad you asked actually because this is my, you're on my turf now um, who the hell is Yellen Gurr okay fine here we go so um, this is the thing where like I, I know Andrew's like Andrew's like I thought we were almost through this I thought we were, we're almost there Andrew Andrew we're almost there we're we, on the second epilogue we, we, we cut we cut Phil Bagnall out of this podcast for this <laughs> What's Darren going to do? Restore him in the edit in a completely gratuitous coda to this discussion? I don't think so. Um, but anyway, what what I was going to say was, like, that's, like, that's fan service that works reasonably well because, like, the Green Lanterns are seeded throughout it. You have, like, the Green Lanterns fighting on Earth. He's Yalinger. Mm. He's, like, some sort of obscure comic book character who was apparently the Green Lantern when Christ was born. That's a fun piece wow. of trivia for the audience at home. The Green Lantern when Christ was born was Yellen Gur. Just so we're... How long was he Green Lantern? Uh, very briefly. He apparently tried to conquer China and had to be deposed. Oh, Jesus. Um, but he was for a couple of years anyway. Um, so 2,000 years ago is roughly when he was. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So that's like... And the movie invests very heavily in Green Lantern imagery because he's a big part of that fight. You get to see him like use Green he's, Lantern constructs. He gets his hand chopped he, off. He's... 
Is he there with a Mongol horde? Possibly as well, which is that might be him. Like again, trying to conquer China. (laughs) Yeah, because you do see there is a Green Lantern with them when they're fighting Darkseid. Oh yeah, no, he—that's him. But like the thing is, like fan—it is fan service. It's undoubtedly fan service. It's excessive. It does not need to be there. So it's so much fan service (laughs) that like one of the huge fans. Yeah, I didn't know. Didn't even realize. But 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 but, what I was asking was Darren, who was the Green Lantern that was going to be talking to? Ben Affleck. Yeah, well, let me get there. I'm, I'm getting okay, there. Okay, sorry, sorry. I just got very excited. Like my, my argument is that, like, at least that fan service with the Green Lantern is kind of built up because people know... Yeah, it's earned. People know... The, is, it, is it earned? But it's very much yeah. like people, people know it from, like, the Ryan Reynolds movie. There's a Green Lantern that appears in the flashback sequence. You've seen the ring go... So lodge and you've seen Kilowog die at the Hall of Justice. So at least <laughs> if, it, if it's a Green Lantern who shows up at the end, you're like... Cool. Okay, this makes sense. I understand who this is. It was supposed to be John Stewart. Um, the oh, that would have been nice. And not John Stewart from the, nice from the Daily Sur. Show. To be clear, not the Daily Show. Yeah. To be clear. it should have been. I think it should have been Aben Sur because then you're like, oh, Aben Sur hasn't died yet, so how hasn't been chosen? Well, I mean, they were apparently also considering a cameo from um, Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. That'd have been nice. But apparently, Warner Brothers vetoed both of those things. That's terrible. You can't bring back Hal Jordan and you can't have Jon Stewart because we might want to do something with Jon Stewart. Then to go with Adam Stewart was clearly the choice. Um, well, no, they went with Martian Manhunter because... Yeah, which 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 brings me to my point of this should have been the moment when Martian Manhunter comes into the film. We didn't need the previous one. This should have been the moment where Martian Manhunter reveals himself. Well, the problem with the previous scene is that it undermines like a really nice scene between yeah, Martha it does. and Lois. Yeah. Like that scene between Martha and Lois like needs to be Martha and Lois in order to work dramatically. So going, ha, she was secretly this minor character from this previous movie all along, who was also secretly a superhero all along. Like that's, it's, that's the it's problem. Like, it's like Zack Snyder is kind of, uh, making, making you notice that, um, that it was him who did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that he's like, did you enjoy that touching moment? Well, it's a movie. I made that. <laughs> Um, I am you know, I am the Martian Manhunter. And it, I am the Martian Manhunter. Aren't we yeah. all in our you're own way? Get, <laughs> the yeah, Martian you're going to get to know the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yeah. Because it is I, <laughs> Zach. Whether you like it or not. And again, like yeah. the thing with the Martian Manhunter is that it is it is fan service, but it's it's again Snyder rewarding a previous collaborator. Harry Lennox yeah. Harry Lennox has appeared in the previous two films, but he was the guy who announced Batman and Superman. Um, at the the Comic Con panel, he's one of Snyder's like close friends and kind of one of the guys he's worked with. So there's a real sense of, and you get to be a superhero uh, because you're my buddy, which is kind of like at once incredibly indulgent and absurd. Yeah, um, it's so sweet and also kind of a little bit sweet is the thing. Yes, that's right. Like you, like the what, things that uh, what is the it's... Adam Sandler yeah. Snyder <laughs> yes. correlation? Yeah, yes. true. Yeah, uh, well, I mean the thing is, it, 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 well, it, Billy Crudup is there playing Henry yeah, Allen. Yeah, oh god, I love Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup is such a great uh, Henry Allen. Oh. Sad that he won't be in um, Flash. And also, you'll notice that like the death of Silas Stone recreates the sequence from uh, Watchmen. Yeah. So there's a lot of Doctor Manhattan. Like he explodes exactly how uh, um, John, John explodes Oswald. into Doctor Manhattan. Sadly, there are fewer giant green penises here, unfortunately. But such is life. But you do get Aquaman. Such is so life, Darren. Such is life. Instead, you get a giant green, vagi- a giant blue vagina. But uh, why are you saying? Yeah. Um, sorry, but anyway, sorry. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything we haven't discussed already? Anything jumping out at people? I just well, really like the I'll, film, Darren. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll talk about kind of how the the film goes, like. For me, the film the film gets gets one star, 
And it, it, no, sorry. <laughs> a single star, a single solitary star. That's when everyone, that's when everyone went, how did Graham get behind Andrew? <laughs> no, no. I was going to say that, like, like I have to, I have to commend the movie's um, kind of... Uh, commitment. The, the way, commitment the to what it is. No, no, no. To um, Barry Allen saves a pizza. <laughs> from, oh, like, oh that's needs, right. You adore he needs to go. Yes. He needs to go, but but it doesn't mean he's going to leave his pizza behind. He's going right. to take it with him. And a hot go dog. Into, in, and a hot in, dog. Into the expensive and a hot dog, and the <laughs> the truck driver <laughs> is uh, trying to save has food. He's stupidly. Ordered a, a a a burger and not giving himself time to to, to eat, to eat it. it. Yeah. Drops the burger for and you know I was annoyed for a moment when I was like, well, that's forty five seconds have passed. Maybe some <laughs> of that was in slow mo, but you're not going to eat that burger now. Why are you still looking for it? But then I realized. Um, maybe it's just one of the buns that's all covered in in uh, dust and, you can and just peel it like off. all of that. Like it's the worst possible place that a burger could drop. <laughs> Is it in in into that like like on the floor of a weird truck? Cubby. Yeah. yeah, where everything has everything has just gathered. Uh, but what you can do is you can you 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 can just like ditch the bottom bun, and 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 then um, turn it upside down. Now now you have an open faced burger <laughs> where you're like you have a you have a better meat um, uh, bun ratio. By the way, if people if people like uh, um, if people are, are are vegetarian, like it it could totally be a, a, a yeah just just in case. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciated that. And and in to make of... Graham happy, to make Graham happy, did you notice? I'm already happy. Did... I saw Justice League twice. Did you notice the gigantic in joke in that sequence? The in joke. Yes, the reference to one of the most important characters in the history of the Justice League. The name on the truck is Gardner's Foxes. The map. Oh, there we go. I did get that, but I didn't think it was Guy. Oh, that's nice. That's so. That's two. That, that's another Green Lantern. No, no, nice. no, no. Gardner Fox is one of the guys who created the Justice League. He's like a writer, an artist. Oh, I thought Gardner, because Guy Gardner. Yeah, who was named for, anyway. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh, Gardner's Foxes, that's lovely. Yeah, so that was oh. that was a, kind of a nice little Easter egg there, as as the kids call them. All right, then. Um, <laughs> in terms of anything else, anything Speaking else jumping out of people? Eggs. Yep. We're, yeah, there, 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 um, Dark Side was cool. The, the, the Dark Side was cool, but was he kind of useless? Like, like again, something that didn't necessarily. Dark Side's to... always useless until he finally steps up and does something. But again, that's that really tantric, delayed gratification of the movie. This movie's four hours long. It should. <laughs> it's, it's kind of. Sting would be very like, pleased with it. It's like Avengers Assemble. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah. yeah. Where where it's like I I trusted you to do a job, and you went there, and you didn't succeed in the job. So now I'm going <laughs> to have to do it. Yeah. Um, where we've seen it before in a, another movie, and you don't, you you can do that again, and like people will probably flock to see it. Yep. But you 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 you've lost the kind of ability to to kind of claim any originality, I guess. Um, I've um, always preferred it, Dark Side over Thanos, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, like um, I'm I'm he he seems less kind of um Purple. like grimace. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Grimace. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, 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 I'm, I'm not. Um, what was it? Um, what was it? Henry Cowell says. 
Well, like not, not impressed. impressed. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a great line. When this axe that's been cutting through everyone lands on Superman's shoulder and just like goes dunk. And, and it's a Marvel um, kind of uh, reference as well. Is it? Like, like yeah, they, 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 because earlier in the movie, the dark side yes, is, very um, good. Is, is struck with, with an axe with, in the exact same place. And it's oh, yeah. great. So that, yeah, that's a nice bit of symmetry. I thought that was actually a very nice bit of visual. And then they, they they went for the head as well. Yeah, when, they did. When, Good um, God, they go right for the head because Temescara learns. <laughs> Temescara right. learns. I mean, the thing is that, that's, kind of, that's kind of what my, co- my my whole thing about this film was that is just kind of coalesces is the fact that there was just respect just for what came before, understanding the characters, understanding proper threats, and just yeah, I just like. There was no faffing about, even though well, it's four really, hours it's long. Four hour, <laughs> yeah, four I mean, hours long. Yeah. But it felt like it felt like an yes epic. It felt no, like an old school epic in that fashion. The point of the movie is also like don't respect the past. <laughs> like do do re 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 No, redo, Barry redo, says redo. he can make his own past. Which make is not respecting past. the yeah. past. That's me right. <laughs> yeah. like, when you're like, a speedster you can do whatever you want. But like but like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's one of the things I actually quite like about it is that 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 aspect of like rewrite the past. Like don't feel like exactly, you're yeah. It, tell, yeah. Tell, tell your story. Tell your own version of kind of these um, characters. You know, like, it's not there's no such thing as history. Because these are fictional characters, yeah. Like that's the thing. Uh, yeah. That's like again, a lot of people are. They're plural. Yeah, a lot of people are like, a lot of people are like, kind of, you know, sort of. Snyder doesn't respect or venerate these characters because he has his own distinct takes on them. Because Henry Cavill's Superman is different than the version of the Richard Donner movies, and I understand that you might prefer the Richard Donner version, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a valid take on the character. Yeah, well, it's not. It's funny in in like like in the history of the world, everybody has their their favorite kind of. Um, point of view. Uh, okay, you know? fair point. No, but but in, yeah. in in terms of like people decide when history started, and it's at like a point that's convenient yes. for them when yeah. their Batman started. Yeah. Mm. Say you 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 know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. So like like they 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 can ignore everything that's gone before. And they concede with anger when anything comes <laughs> <laughs> uh, afterwards, you know. Like that, that's the, and again, sorry, I know we. Were... And I, I mean, I'm the same with Star Trek. Yeah. Kind of, I, like I care a little less than uh, I guess I'm meant to, but it it does kind of annoy me that that that. But I like I've stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can just like I not watch like, new Star Trek. That's the thing. I yeah, to... I can just not watch new Star Trek. I've got lots of other things I could be doing. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And other people enjoy that. By the way, people liked our, people liked our Star Trek uh, on Discover Country episode actually, which is nice. I really enjoyed it. Oh, fantastic! That. Um, the, I'm glad to hear that. The thing that like and again, sorry, I realize every time I say we're getting near the end means there's another forty minutes left on this episode. But like the thing is that like with that rejection of nostalgia is baked into Snyder's films. So you look at things like, say, uh, Man of Steel has a sequence where Zod is like, hey, Superman, you remember Krypton. Krypton was pretty great. How about we just remake Krypton? And it could be just like it was, and it could be like a paradise on Earth, and we can just, like, erase this whole new world thing you got going for you. And then in Wonder Woman, you have Ares showing up, and he's like, hey, Deanna, you know gods created paradise on earth before man right we could just like recreate that it could be like it used to be it could be the way things were we could reset it back to the status quo you could just go back to what it was and even here you have a similar sequence with cyborg when he's inside the mother box where it's like mm. you can go back to the way things were before the accident it's a much more intimate much more personal sort of nostalgia and it it's 
it's kind of like the, like, like that idea of Robocop seeing his uh, <laughs> his family again. Yes. Yes, you nailed it. You landed it. We we completed the kind of like the obligatory Robocop reference. Oh, the timeline is complete. The timeline is, is complete. All right. We need to secure what we have here. Let's 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 let's, let's form a phalanx around the motherbots. Um, I mean, uh, phalanx. Um, a firm phalanx. <laughs> a, 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 uh, sorry. Uh, uh, by the way, I do I do love that. Like uh, Henry Allen talks about his son running in circles, and the climax of the movie is literally the Flash running in circles, which I quite yeah. admired. Um, mm-hmm. Again, set up and payoff, ladies and gentlemen. Structure. Um, and then finally, just again, last thing. Last thing, I promise. Um, that journey from like again this is a nine hour movie saga that runs from Man of Steel through to this and you know I don't necessarily love this I don't think this is a great film but I admire the fact that you have a nine hour movie series that runs from Man of Steel to this and Andrew is entirely right the inevitable Jared Leto Joker movie because let's face it 2021 isn't done with us yet it's not even started but like that runs through those three movies and takes you takes me as a comic book reader from the influence of kind of gritty 80s and 90s stories about heroes being blown apart, deconstructed, cynically interrogated, turning out to be terrible people doing horrible things to one another, like, say, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, like, say, Jim Apero's Death in the Family, um, like, say, The Death and Return of Superman, which were all... you Two more. <laughs> which were all you... Yeah, I like that. Three... Three references shows your work. Five is just boasting. Um, yeah. And, and then it kind of like, that's Man of Steel Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. It's this kind of like grim 80s plus kind of like comics. Comics are for grown-ups, man! That kind of happened in the late 80s and 90s. Where it's like they're darker, they're edgier, they're more unpleasant. And like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman are like, okay, we're going to push that to its logical extreme where it actually physically hurts Andrew to watch Man of Steel. Um, that's how unpleasant it's going to be. And then now with Justice League, you end up going with, well, what happened after that, like in the 90s, after the death of Superman? And you got people like Grant Morrison coming into comics and reinventing comics and embracing an older fashioned sort of nostalgia. And so you, and like a more heroic and conventional version of superheroes. So you have things like, Graham mentioned the Injustice Future. That is the Injustice Future, but it's also Grant Morrison's Final Crisis. It's also Grant Morrison's um, Rock of Ages. And these are just words that Darren's throwing out that nobody's going to recognize, so it's all good. But, like, I like the idea that these movies kind of took a journey that superhero comics went on and turned them into drama involving these characters. Even things like the aspect ratio, which we haven't discussed. The aspect ratio in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman is widescreen. If you look at the wave of deconstructionist comics that emerged in the early 2000s, late 1990s, they were widescreen comics. They tended to go across the width of a page. You'd have three panels on a page. You can see examples of this in, say, the work of Brian Hitch on The Ultimates, the work of Brian Hitch on The Authority, for example, the work of John Cassidy on Astonishing X-Men. Yes, Andrew, I did three of those as well. (laughs) But when... Two more. Two more. Um, (laughs) But when... You get to Justice League. Snyder restructures the image so that it goes to the 4-3 IMAX ratio, which is also the classic Academy aspect ratio, the Academy aperture. But you know what it also is? It's also the shape of a classic 1930s, 1940s through 1950s or 60s comic book panel where you would oh, have... Oh, Darren, you're breaking where my heart. You would, what, I'm, what? 
It's lovely. If you have six of these arranged on a page, this is how comics used to be. And so you have arguably in Justice League a return to the idea of the innocence of superheroes, where they're no longer mared in worlds of like post 9-11 trauma. They're instead just allowed to be superheroes. Is that unfair? It's, I'm being. Am I giving it to? No, you? no, no, I love it's it. fine. I love it. It's, it the the messiness of the movie for me was that it went on kind of enough long enough to kind of establish things and then undercut yeah. those things. You know that 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 it was kind of like a lot of the kind of maybe perhaps success of these recent spate of superhero movies is the idea of people who are different coming together and um wanting to kind of fantasize about a world where that actually happens rather than where where we become more and more polarized and and this movie felt very kind of almost on the nose about about how much it was about uniting people and getting everyone together and about us together but it was also very much um, like yeah, but just us. <laughs> like, those people want unity as well. Those people want fascism. But they're the yeah, enemy. They want fascism. Like, again, like, I feel like that's the thing you can get away with because Dark Side is a metaphor for fascism and has always been. Like, the anti-life equation, and, it, like, to be fair, it's all exposition, but it rewrites the world so that it looks like the enemy's point of view. And the enemy's point of view is one built on fascism as opposed to the unity of the Justice League, which is one built on... And again... Snyder, like, for all that people deride Snyder, he does deserve credit for this. Aquaman in the comics has historically been a blonde white dude. Mm. Here, he cast Jason Momoa, you know, this Polynesian kind of ocean king, basically, and kind of cast him in the role. But even things like, say, The Flash, who was, again, Barry Allen in the comics, another blonde white guy, here, yeah, blonde, blue eyes. here, he's even characterized as an attractive Jewish lad. But even Cyborg, right? Cyborg is not a member of the Justice League in the comics. He's a member of the Teen Titans. He, The other member of the Justice League is traditionally Hal Jordan, another white guy. But Snyder made the choice to go, no, Cyborg is going to be there because Cyborg represents the future. And Cyborg is a young black man who becomes Superman. It's worth noting, like, as this was in development, there were rumors of like J.J. Abrams producing and Tanahasi Coates writing a Superman film that would star a young black Superman. Mm-hmm. And like to a certain extent, Justice League kind of feels or Snyder's Justice League, which should have released in 2017, feels like it makes that kind of point where it's like, you know what? The next generation of Superman isn't going to be an immigrant coming from metaphorical Europe where we're obsessed with like bloodlines and fascism to America. The next generation of like superhero or Superman is going to be a young black man growing up in America, realizing that the system's broken and basically figuring out a way to fix it and moving into a world beyond the world that we all live in at the moment. And I kind of think that works thematically. Maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit. Uh, Gra- no, Graham's like, give it all the credit. Like... Graham's like, all the credit. No, 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 no. That's why you have characters like Calvin Ellis, the Superman um, from an alternate universe in the multiverse, who is president of the United States. That's why you also have Val Zod, who is another uh, Superman of color, uh, who is 
the Superman of Earth 3 from um, the New 52. Uh, they're characters who... Falzon in particular is quite young in the comics and the fact that he's only been around publication-wise a decade or so and people adore him as a character. Calvin Ellis, uh, people adore him as a character. Calvin Ellis, by the way, um, a Grant Morrison creation. Yes. And so... Andrew's yeah, like, I, I mean, don't care who Grant is. Morrison is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Grant Morrison is a bald white man who is probably insane. He's fantastic. Oh, sorry, they're fantastic again. I believe yeah. they're... By, oh, not, really? I believe so, again. Oh. Um, so yeah, I I, 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 I welcome this, like, as, as a comic book fan, that's the thing that's great about comics um, that, I, that I always look towards instead of kind of uh, the other side of it. A lot of people say comics are always in a sense of stagnation because they're always at the middle story. They're never, we already know the beginning and we can't go to the end because then that's it. Um, I always find that they're kind of evolving. The characters are always evolving, just not, just not just not moving forward they're they're evolving into different states of the middle if that makes sense they always have new adventures new iterations of themselves that are consistently thrown out into the multiverse and given to us as readers and i kind of like that and i feel that's one of the aspects of snyder's justice league that you know some of the endings allows for so yeah and I, that's kind of why i like the dc the plan so far for the dc universe of films with the fact that we've got the Batman from Matt Reeves, we've got um, Joker, presumably we've from got Todd Shazam Phillips. two coming up. Sorry, there. you had Joker from Todd Phillips and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we have Joker from Todd Phillips, um, and we also have like on the TV side of things, um, you have the um, Doom Patrol is doing fantastically. It's a great show. Um, you also have Star Girl. Its first season, I watched its first full season, and it's a wonderful throwback to the golden age of superheroes, and and it's led by a wonderful young cast. And it's just this kind of thing. They've leaned into just like, okay, we understand we can't keep up with Marvel with their connected universe, but we can definitely outdo their multiverse and give them give the audiences multiple stories to pull into and be, be interested and engaged with. I mean, I, I think it was announced that Brian, Mayan, Brian Michael Bendis' character, Naomi, her actor has been found for that TV show that is now coming to the CW. And Ava DuVernay is very excited for that. Also, there's Ava DuVernay herself, who is doing the New Gods. Still, movie. hopefully, yeah, who is hopefully still doing New Gods. It's been a year or so now since we've heard any proper news, but she's very excited about what to do with the New Gods, which uh, for Andrew is the which is the the New Gods are the family of Darkseid. They're basically his cousins and nephews and uncles and all that. Who uh, listeners cannot um, you know, see Andrew's nice face. <laughs> God bless you, uh, Graham. <laughs> Doing God's trying work. To yeah. me. Listen, 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 Andrew. Andrew, <laughs> I, just, just I don't. Just a, just a faith. Uh, all right, and I think that's as good a note as any to kind of end this on. Possibly, <laughs> I get the sense. All right, wow, this has been a long one. Um, yeah. Thank goodness that so listeners long. can't tell that there's possibly another 25 minutes of an epilogue coming at the end <laughs> and we're not even joking so before we wrap up um quick question we're going to ask for recommendations so to give graham mm. a chance to think about what he would like to recommend i'm going to ask andrew to go first andrew what would you recommend so there is a choir from greenland in this um in this movie i'm going i'd, I'd recommend bjork's uh uh, uh team not not just the the the, the album the live dvd if you have a chance to see it, I don't, um, if, you know, order, um, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know how easy it is to, 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 to get a hold well, of if it. If you start watching Zack Snyder's Justice League and order it, it'll be there by the time it's over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in and Will, Willem Willem Dafoe, I thought was um, uh, terrible in this. <laughs> I, <laughs> Take your mother's trident. <laughs> He can't get, wait to get away. Uh, but the 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 um, the lighthouse, I'd recommend. Is a great another movie. aquatic. Um, in terms of an and and something else that's set in Atlantis, um, Atlanta, um, uh, Atlanta's quite good. It's very good. I've I've seen the first season of it now, and I'm looking forward to the second. Second's amazing. In terms yeah. of, and I'm just going to keep recommending like tons of things. That's Darren mentioned it now, already. Uh, some something that I wanted to see for a while that didn't get a chance to um, was Hell or High Water. Um, it's great. It's great. And um, um, also in 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 terms of I'm in, I'd 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 recommend um, uh, uh, Death Grips. I think of that song Hacker. Uh, there's a particular album um, that is on whose name is escaping me. Um, that I've that I've been enjoying. It's very kind of um, insane sort of um lots of things happening all at once no line having anything to do with the with the last and and it's 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 like a kind of a warp for your mind i <laughs> guess um so it's um it's something I enjoy, i've been enjoying in terms of there's a thing about an ideal to strive towards in this um and a book that i enjoyed recently was a perfect spy um, by John le Carre. It's kind of his most autobiographical book. Um, I'm in, I'm recommending so many no, things because go, this yeah, movie go. was like super long. Yeah. I'm also in 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 terms of dealing with um, random events and catastrophes. Um, I've been reading um, the Incerto series by uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Nassim Taleb. Um, I finished uh, Fool by Randomness and I'm kind of uh, halfway into Black Swan. And then I think the third one, although I might be getting that wrong, I think it's skin in the game. So I, I've been enjoying those. He's very um, um, kind of has this style of writing that's very grating, um, you know. As, <laughs> I as you're recommending that. it, it's like, but charming. I am, grating. I am. But the, 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 like, it's like, grating I, I and enjoy, great. I am, I enjoy it because there, 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 there are a lot of kind of interesting kind of insights to be gleaned from it. But he's somebody who's very smart, but also very aware of how smart he is. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so it's it, like his and and I think after a while, I I, I started to really enjoy his arrogance. <laughs> um, and I, 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 um, yeah, the the, <laughs> the so yeah, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd recommend all those things at this time. Perfect. Um. Um, and you could probably do all of them and, and they'd still be shorter than watching Justice League. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was because I was watching the movie and like um, now TV does this thing where, where when you whenever you pause the movie, it says, watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it made me always think of like, what could I be doing instead? What have I been enjoying? Um, kind of what does this movie remind me of? Yeah. Um, mm. And there are, there are so many things. Um, By the way, we should actually mention you did ask at some point about the reason why it's shorter. You watched a version of Justice League that was only only three hours and 52 minutes long yeah as opposed to the version of the movie that myself and graham watched which was probably four hours and two minutes long no it was also on now tv at three hours 52 minutes oh okay graham watched as well well the reason is graham i got a whole bunch of secret cameos that i can't talk about um and like references to dc comics that i absolutely adore no it is not that i'm not that much of an asshole graham actually sorry you should have seen graham's face um no the, the reason is that it's because of the frame rate 
the frame rate that they broadcast television at is obviously 24 frames a second. And Snyder had apparently chosen that his frame rate for this would be something like 23.28 frames a second. <laughs> Um, and television broadcast for Now TV can't stand it. It's also why Now TV didn't show it in Ultra HD as well. Ah, um, oh. I know. I, I having seen it in Ultra HD, uh, it's phenomenal in that it looks really, really great. Um, I know because I've seen it three times. That's a whole half day of my life that I've spent watching this movie in order. But to Andrew's watch. gonna have to do the same thing with Lord of the Rings. Um, all right. Then. Eventually, yeah, yeah. And if um yeah they, they, they we're we 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 are going to keep watching movies until we've either seen the movies <laughs> just and, will not determine we, we're we're about 60 like percent of the way this, through to be fair like we're we're yeah they, and and, and like, like the, this movie that we've just watched for four hours and spoken about for four hours has performed an important role in terms of the podcast because like as i say like they're going to stop making movies shortly <laughs> we can just copy and paste and, this um and and then we'll we'll just be doing kind of movies that have already been released. Yeah. Um, although, mm, yeah, may, maybe they're going to remake movies that didn't get under two fifty, yeah. so that they get under two fifty. Like just keep um, like this one, basically. This is what that's what that was. This is I. Yeah. I still am amazed that this got on the two fifty. Um, yeah, it. They're going to do like um, uh, what are they going to do? Robin Williams's toys. And, yes. Andrew's like that's do a reappraisal. Patch Adams. <laughs> Let's do a reappraisal, but with yes. Um, all right, Graham. What would you recommend for listeners? Um, Patch Adams. Well, I've been reading. I've been. Uh, I've been watch. I've been reading. Um, Brannis Anderson's work, his epic uh, for the Cosmere, Words of Radiance. Um, absolutely, it's the fourth book in his ten book epic. Uh, fans of his work will know him from Mistborn. He finished Robert Jordan's uh, Wheel of Time after Robert Jordan sadly passed. Um, he has his Mistborn trilogy. He then has his um, continuation of that uh, world in uh, Wax and Wayne books. Uh, he also has um, several other books that I can't even name. I forgot. I I've forgotten them. There are that many of them. They're the they're the Justice League of book franchises. There's so many of them. Um, I've also been watching One Piece, which is a Japanese anime. Uh, I've been watching it actually since the pandemic began. And uh, I've been doing virtual watch parties with my friends. You know, it's a great way to keep in touch. And I'm up to episode 522. Each episode's about 20 minutes. There are what do you still... use for the watch parties? Uh, we use I've... Crunchyroll, but we just we literally just set up our Discord. And literally okay. I have it on the phone. And we put the Discord in between me and Breed, and the lads just like chat away with us. Discord's actually but really in, good for that. In term, in terms of like actually watching the movie, because oh, I, I found that sync it Di- up. That, Disney, that's all it does. Disney is very good for that because they, 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 they've realized that. Yeah, that that's a great way of yeah, a great way of monetizing yeah. it. Basically, that's actually really funny because tonight's watch tonight we've also been doing bad movie nights every week for the last couple of weeks. Uh, recently, we had Frogs with Sam Elliott. That was a hilarious film. Um, we also had Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2, uh, Cats was our first film, and tonight, uh, keeping it, keeping it local, we're having Darby Gill and the Little People, um, so, and it's Breed's first time ever watching the film, uh, we've got Drink already. With Sean Connery, right? That's the one, yeah, that's the one, uh, so it's on Disney Plus, so we will be using Disney Plus for that, and, um, yeah, I was also watching WandaVision, I can't really, like, recommend that, Graham? so, like... Graham, uh, your streaming ability is just the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the tip. The tip. 
In a world of ones and zeros, you are an absolute master. No Disney Plus watch party can stop you. No encryption Uh, can defy you. Your friends are all at your mercy. From discords to servers to streaming, (laughs) everyone's lives are controlled and dominated by complex digital networks that will bend without effort to your will. The world's finances are your child's plaything. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Andrew. But yeah, uh, that's kind of what we've been doing. And then I've been reading comics. Uh, currently, I'm reading Immortal Hulk, Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's like probably the best thing Marvel have got out right now, unless you're read, not reading an X-Men comic, uh, which is another thing I'm reading. Uh, De- thanks sorry, to Darren. Sorry, was... sorry Andrew. I'm, I'm, really enjoy- I'm just really enjoying having this geek out session. So I, yeah. Andrew, Andrew is completely confused. He's like, what am I doing with these feckin' nerds? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I love this stuff. And then I, um, I like, the pandemic is good because, like, I um I should I should I should be you know help, helping other jocks beat you guys up. <laughs> and then I, I uh, like, this is the first place I'll announce this. I am starting the process of writing a book. Ooh. Um, I was inspired by watching a film because the film was so bad that uh, I decided I could probably do that better. You know, oh, I'm gonna I put my money where my this. mouth is, yes. and I'm going to try. Yes, I remember that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so I am now building the bones uh of a possible book and hopefully you know i can put my money where my mouth is and i'll actually pull it off i'll actually have well, it now, now, now you have, have to do it it's on the internet yeah, i know that's why uh, I, that's like, why i had to announce it um it's going well yeah. i've got characters i've got how it ends and i've got the middle i just need to figure out how it all connects um I've, like i've got the characters i've got the theme going and, and visually it's in my scenario, head you can just like invite ben affleck back for reshoots he seems game you know what? He's a great guy. Uh, I've met him once or twice, and he seems down for that kind of stuff. So yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, he's he's down for so much stuff. <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, he's <laughs> like one hundred percent. I've said things about Ben yeah. that have been edited out of previous <laughs> previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, so we'll just leave it kind of vague there. Um, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. that's pretty much my that's my twenty twenty lockdown twenty twenty one hellscape. <laughs> Okay. That's kind of what I've been doing. Cool. And since we're announcing books, um, I should let listeners know that I have another book in the works. It's currently God, got, working, working its way through edits. Um, I'll be announcing it soon enough, but uh, it is a Doctor Who book. It is a Stephen Moffat Ooh. Doctor Who book, a book on Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who that I'm very thrilled to be doing it. I'm very thrilled to be doing it with the people I'm doing it with as well. And it's just something I'm very, very excited to be able to share. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, in terms of recommendations. Fantastic, guys. Yeah. Mm. I, can I also plug my yeah, book? Yeah, plug your book. <laughs> I saw About Time, <laughs> or half of it, the other day. And then I thought of, like, this idea for, like, um, but instead of, anyway, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, um, I thought about what if it was, like, a the time traveler's wife? And I was like, that's a great idea for a book. I, I should do that. I sincerely had this, had this idea where somebody who has just suffered, like, a really bad breakup will um and his girlfriend has left the house will start to like he'll spend a while alone and then he'll start to see other versions of himself i think that's already a like, film i think it's the one with chris i think, o- it I think is. that's the one with chris it's O'Dowd like, and anna faris i think pale pale possibilities of himself but but the, the, this one there would be no anna faris oh, okay. <laughs> he he won't he won't see his ex-girlfriend he'll only see the version of himself that where where where, where his ex girlfriend is still um, is still in his life. What about, so he can't he can't doors? see her. He can only see her, um, his kind of um, best life. Uh, 
yeah, 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 I guess. Oh, cool. Um, and then he he's 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 going to try to kind of imitate. Um, oh, nice! That, He'll follow those actions. They, yeah, yeah, because he he'll think like if I if I just be this person, then I'll be a happier yeah. um, person. But it it it's kind of it's it's it, he's trying to get away from his heartbreak. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. So coming coming anyway, to bookstores in twenty twenty two. I don't know. Um, it, it's probably a terrible idea. It sounds like the the music video for Dead Leaves on the Dirty Ground. Oh. Well, you say that now, but wait until somebody publishes that idea, becomes a multi-million dollar kind of like movie option franchise thing. And and they're like, you know, I got this idea listening to this podcast about three guys talking about Justice League. And I thought, hey, I could do something with that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, in terms of recommendations for myself very quickly, um, just because it's a comic book movie, Grant Morrison's comic. Their Justice League and their Final Crisis, which was a huge influence um, on this. Uh, Morrison's one of my favorite uh, writers um, and just outstanding in in kind of Mm. in the comic. I can't get into their um, Green Lantern, their, their new Green Lantern stuff right now, though, sadly. I quite like it. It's very 90s. It is very 90s. It's mm. like very absurdly like heavy maybe it's the metal. art style. Well, it's heavy metal. It's very much inspired by heavy metal. And again, yeah. it's, it's it's very much like a lot of Morrison's work. It consists of how much of this is saying "Go screw yourself" to Alan Moore. Um, like when you read Morrison's work, you're like, how much of this is I want the world to know how much I dislike Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> I'm glad someone's finally said it. Well, I like Alan Moore, but I also yeah, like fine, Morrison. but he is a bit of a dick. Oh, well, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, all right, with that... You're allowed to say dick. You're allowed to say dick. Um, okay. We, dick, we did dick. talk about the sea as a... Ju- anyway, never mind. But, uh, but All right, then. So that about wraps it up, then. So if listeners are looking for a bit more Graham Day in their lives after mm-hmm. the supersized portion, where can they find you? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to uh, edit this thing like Joss Whedon. Yeah, and Andrew's uh, going to be the hero of the theatrical um, of this podcast. You can find me at Graham Geek Era on Twitter. I'm also at The Escapist. Um, I've been doing it, uh, several opinion pieces for them with varying uh, degrees of success. One of my particular favorites was whether or not the introduction of Cal to uh, The Mandalorian would have been better than the introduction of, spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker. Um, uh, that was one of, my, one of my latest articles that I really enjoyed writing. And then you can also find me at Game Air where I write they about video games. They should call you Luke Spoilwalker. Oh, lovely. Uh, and then you can also find me at uh, Game Air and that's it that I can remember. I'm so tired. Cool, perfect. It has been so long. We've aged. It has been so long. We didn't bleep you saying dick, but we bleeped you saying Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, then. Um, so that's that's okay. Listeners can find us online. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher on iTunes, wherever good podcasts are not sold. We had to preempt <laughs> the wonderful Eva Martin this week talking about um, talking about a Clockwork Orange. So we'll be she doing was that very next angry. Uh, what a Clockwork Orange? No, no, she was angry oh, that, she, that you what? bumped her for Snyder. But I mean, to be fair, I can understand a lot of people would be angry if we bumped them for Zack Snyder. But it's okay because we told her it was you, and and she's she's oh god. Um, so now she knows where to direct her anger. No, I'm kidding. She's gone. And (laughs) and because it was you, like just in case Eva is listening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, We got to the end of this three-hour podcast, a three and a half-hour podcast, possibly four-hour by the time I'm possibly. We're longer than the film now. There are people who are sad enough to listen to this whole thing. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that, wow. Take that, that listeners. Listeners, not... we appreciate you. Um, we love you. Actually, we do. Like, I, I, should, I, should... I have nothing but content for me. Sorry. I should actually joke. I should actually point out when we said we were doing this, I was actually really surprised at how enthusiastic people were for it um, as well. Mm. Um, now, to be fair, they also seem to be wallowing in Andrew's potential suffering. 
Um, but aside from that, I was really happy with the general <laughs> mood of kind of the, the receptionist. So actually, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you did listen to the end of it, please feel free to leave a review, um, to share it, to put it on your Facebook and to, to kind of give it out and help promote it. We're very proud of listeners we have. We actually are surprised that anybody listens to us at all, to be entirely <laughs> frank. Um, thank you, listeners with discerning taste. But um, I think I think people should give us Maybe maybe five, five stars, stars, five stars, five stars, five, 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 yeah, five, yeah, five, yeah, five, five, five sounds yeah. good. Yeah, you know, one for every hour of the Snyder cut, and then just an extra one for effort. <laughs> I think is the key. All right, then take it easy, guys. We'll be back next week when we're talking about a Clockwork Orange with the wonderful Eva Martin. Thank you so much, Graham. Uh, no problem. And listeners, don't worry. Thank this you, is definitely the Graham. end of the podcast. Jared Dennis here. Um, all right. You did not. <laughs> of all of I mean, them. I mean, you, not, I mean, I mean, not. Oh, you didn't know that. You didn't know that. He's, you haven't seen this. You haven't seen this. Yeah, he's. We back, don't know nothing. He's oh, in it. He's back, baby. And he shot specifically post-pandemic, which is fantastic. Like, it's hilarious. Well, what else is he going to do? It's not like they'll cast him one day. Oh wait, he's got the Spider-Man thing coming yep. up. Yes. He's and also it, been in that thing with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek. Yep, and almost got an Oscar so, nomination for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard he's good in that. He's the best thing, worth. apparently. All right. Again, for what that's worth. Yeah. Anyway, I had better let you get no, my no, no. job. No, no, no. you're saying on. Yeah, no, isn't it? Like, you can talk about Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, have you been telling him? Did you tell him, Darren, that, yeah. that I succumbed? Well, no, because we were talking. You have a brief... Aquaman segment that's been booked months ahead. Yeah, and you can't um, back out now. And you can't. You can't back out. <laughs> um, Look, I don't know what so, Like oh, I have, like I've seen a remarkable amount of these things now. Like uh, as somebody who did not particularly care for Man of Steel, somehow I've seen Batman v Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Oh, and and like I'm I'm none the richer for it. You're missing out on Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad now. Re- really? Oh, Graham, know your audience. Know your audience. <laughs> Why, birds of, I think he'd like Birds of Prey. You think he'd I like don't birds? think so. It's you, too good to enjoy ironically, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I get the sense that Phil has passed his Guy Ritchie phase, and uh, I feel that he's passed his Guy Ritchie imitation phase. I don't go for my, my Guy Ritchie phase. I should have had my Guy Ritchie phase when Guy Ritchie was still a thing. Like, you know, I was prime, a I was prime age. Is it is it is it is it Guy Ritchie or Tarantino? No, no, no. Tarantino very, it's very like Guy how, how, yeah, how how many levels of imitation are are, <laughs> are, 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 are present in the point? Intimidate, intimidate. Ah, ah! I Willem Dafoe's in this. Oh, I know. Darren's been sending me screenshots. He looks great. The long hair suits him. Well, no, like that that's how I know that's how you get Phil to watch Justice League is you send him Willem Dafoe content. Because like he literally He's not wrong. He texts me wrong. during Aquaman and was like, Yep, yeah, it's it's Willem Dafoe riding a shark, five stars. <laughs> cool. Ironically, let's be clear, it's awful. It's like I'm just happy when I get to see the likes of him or Nicole Kidman get a nice big paycheck and make fools of themselves. And and I don't know what and I don't know what Wilson is doing. But I love. I, I love. He's rocking it as Orm. He's great as Orm. I I said. I remember. I uh, I put a review on Letterboxd and I said he deserves some kind of special Oscar and Razzie hybrid because <laughs> it's both it's both wonderful 
and horrendous in one fell swoop. <laughs> much, much like, much like Aquaman, Aquaman, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's just the fact that Julie Andrews played a giant kraken. Stop! Jesus, don't even look at me. Don't. Willem, Willem Dafoe is great because he has that kind of um, irreverent sort of cynicism that he brings to all his interviews, so you can't tell if the movie is any good or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, which is a perfect kind of a blob. Um I was listening to him on like The Lighthouse, which is an incredible movie. I haven't um, seen it yet. It's Me so good. I'm trying to. And he 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 was saying, yeah, the, the makers of this movie have cast me as this old man to Robert Pattinson's young man. I've got no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was. That could be like, anything. He was saying that could, like that could be a buddy movie. It's some it's some quite eccentric casting. Yes. Uh, I, what I love is, too, is that man. Aquaman came out around the same time as uh, Mary Poppins Returns, which means Julie Andrews had the choice between that and Mary Poppins, and she chose Aquaman. Which Why one could she do that? from home? Which one could yes. she do from home is the question. Well, like, what? who was she? I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns, but who was she going to be in she it? She could have been... Um, Ag- what's Probably the Angela Lansbury yeah, character. Angela Lansbury's character could have easily been her. Have but, you seen Mary Poppins Returns? Who, me? Angela Lansbury no, 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 no. available? Okay. I'm just amazed Angela Lansbury's still alive. Yeah, she plays yeah. a balloon. She gets woman. a song and dance number. Well, it's not really dance. It's not a dance. A she sits. She sits and sings and does balloon yeah. stuff. Yeah, but you see the thing. Does I'm, balloon I'm stuff glad... makes it sound more exotic. Mm. No, but it's um, like I'm glad that Judy Andrews isn't in it because it would have been just too on the nose. It'd been like uh, like Albert. Oh, because Disney is so you subtle. No, that, that was written with Connolly in mind, but they didn't do it. Oh, but Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke returning. That's totally like that's that's fine. And doing a dance what? and song number. Did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. so I'm glad you make their cake and eat it, and then shut you know, it in your this face. This is why I'm glad. If there's one person who said that noise to all of that, it was Julie Andrews. Yes. Well, have you seen? Have you Give seen Dick Van Dyke's um, uh, uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Signosis murder? Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh dear! I'm going to have the diagnosis murder theme tune in my head for the rest of the. Imagine him dancing throughout the whole thing. I love the fact that that Darren is secretly recording this, which means this is going to be our epilogue. Oh no! This is our. It can't be. I'm in. No, this is just confused people. This is the half hour. No, it's the prologue. No, like this is the half hour prologue. Yeah. Commentary. Yeah. Because the, uh, now you need to you need to say something like we live in a society, Phil. Which she um, doesn't even say. <laughs> that, they baited they they fans with that. They baited fans with that in the trailer. Uh, the internet went nuts, and then he doesn't even say it in the film. <laughs> they do that all the time. You knew they couldn't uh, get away with Graham. Yeah, yeah. No, Graham. I know, but it's just like, so funny. You've been hurt before. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I was promised you, Hulk in the Infinity fool. War, and there was no Hulk in Infinity War. Bastards. Yeah, there we go. There All we right. go. You're, 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 I mean, you're, listeners can't you're, see, but Graham is taking a swig of something, but it looks hard. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. He smashes it's, it's, it as he, as he red walks juice. into the ocean. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Juices. Slow motion while he peels off his shirt. Um. <laughs> it's a Nick Cave um, uh, music video. Um, Car- caress by the, the, I want to say I that's think, the third music video. Caress by the people... ocean, saltwater kisses. Um, 
People would want to ban that filth if Graham was in a Nick Cave music video. <laughs> It'll be too hey, much. Hey, I'm too sexy. Be... You can't yeah. show this before 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get that man off my telly and away from my kids. Um, <laughs> is what they would say. Hey, that's what they say about me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, all right. So, everybody recording. This is not going in a podcast. You hear that, me? That, that, is the ep- that is the epilogue. This is our big. That or it's like. I'm going to set up a know, Patreon. I, I'm going to set up a Patreon and. Um, for the, did, speaking of. Set up a Patreon already. Speaking of only fans, a dick. Van Dyke is um, he 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 doesn't have an OnlyFans. He um, but but, but Andrew, he does. Do you know what, what OnlyFans is? I do. I I, 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 I know, have no idea. Probably... My my my. my um... <laughs> yeah. Um... I like I have I have like anonymous social media presence. Um, it's it's does. not a big deal. Um, our our fans of the podcast will know, um, and people who don't listen to every single episode of the podcast won't know, because hidden in those episodes are um, uh, hints and secrets. And if you put all of them together, you get the password. Listen, um, I know that you've talked about setting up like a Facebook page for the two fifty and whatever oh, well, else. I've, but I've if there's banned... any social media, I believe you would set up for the two fifty. It's an only fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Andrew is in charge of the 250s OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Darren was supposed to set up the Facebook group. Oh, and, and it's, oh, it's, 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 oh, because Darren is usually so terrible like, with like time management. Exactly. Wait, he's like the master all, of time. Yeah. All I, all I, all, all I, all I did was, was like, Darren, I'm going to set up the Twitter. Okay. I'm going to set up the Twitter and run the Twitter. All you need to do is set up the Facebook. Um, <laughs> and I just couldn't make it happen. Wait, I'm hold sorry. on. Dar- like Wait, not- hold on. Andrew uses the Twitter. That's not right. Uh, that's correct. That's yeah, right. yeah no, that's really? Really correct. <laughs> that's right. So you deleted your own Twitter, but you still got the two fit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, wait, I don't hold on. People, are people Twitter. actually believing yeah. this? Wait, are people? No, no, <laughs> no. But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, I see. It's a bottle of naked. Ah, I see. No, 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 no. It's a bottle of. Oh, it is a bottle of naked. I've just been calling calling what it is, like what's in it. Much like Graham himself. It's a red apple, raspberry, strawberry, sour cherry. It's lovely. Sour cherry. Much like Graham himself. It's naked. Well, in the last, like, Um, I've been been losing weight for the last three months. I'm down um, 10 10 pounds. I'm down 10 pounds now. You jammy, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it's not easy. I've had to I know. pizza and Who coke. are you telling? I just had takeout last night. Who are you telling? Uh, God, I have to do that once a week, once every two weeks now. It's awful. Again, I, I ask question, should I be recording this? Um, whenever you're ready, let me know. I am recording this anyway, so I have backup. So it's all Yay! Good. So Phil is definitely oh, yeah. going to be in the episode. St- I should, Phil I is our Jared recording Leto. my side. I um, haven't seen this, lest I forget. Informed yeah, yeah, yeah. consent. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. Good. Neither good. have the characters within the film. But hey, oh. as you know, as I know in this day and age, that doesn't mean I can't have an opinion on it. That's true. You've That's seen, true. you've seen, you've seen a number of these um, characters in yes. their own standalone movies. So I'm going to start film. my recording. So now. just imagine they were all in one movie. Yeah, and then yeah, just imagine they're all in one movie together as friends. <laughs> exactly. Justice friends. Hey, super what? friends. Well, there on. we go. That's the one. What was the spoof that was in? Was it in the Powerpuff Girls? The spoof of these guys. 
Where oh they had, um, yeah, the Justice Friends. They were like there was like the Captain America character, but they had um, oh Van Halen was a Thor equivalent. Yeah, and, and then there was the, the, the yeah. Oh, he was amazing. The and then Justice Dexter Friends. joined them for a bit. That was hilarious. Mm. That was it. It was in Dexter Bar. That's right. Oh, that was that fun. was so funny. Ah, <sighs> better times. All right, so it's thirty seconds silence, <laughs> and then we're gonna jump right on in if that's okay. But, yeah, but uh, Dick Van Dyke. He he he. he <laughs> talking about Dick about Van Dyke's dick. Stop he, did, dick. he did video effects. Is it, did anyone know that? That it, like, like he, he does computer generated effects for, um, he, he, was, he, he was doing an episode of Diagnosis Murder and they were like, oh, we were going to do this stunt, but we can't because like um, it doesn't work in practical effects. And Dick Van Dyke was like, well, why don't you just do VFX? Like why why do, why do, why don't you just computer generate the the um, uh, that part of it and then it'll be perfect and it was like, yeah but we don't know how to do that <laughs> he was like I do <laughs> um, so he, he I peddled my trades across the streets of London with visual effects exactly so like, like I like, smell bullshit this isn't bullshit Phil just because it you're sounds like 107 it. years old and you can't do VFX hey you it, called uh, me 150 earlier that's an improvement. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I've softened it. Bless <laughs> <laughs> your dear heart. All right. So 30 okay, seconds. I'm going. Wait, you're... I'm going. I'm going. Oh, Good really? luck. Have oh. fun. What do you want me on this episode for? I know nothing about no, it. No, we just invited you on because you were talking to Andrew. And And I'm assuming because the thing is four hours long. This could well last four hours. Four hours and one minute. <laughs> I... What is it? Three hours and fifty-two minutes. Yes, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that. Don't, don't, don't jump ahead. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. It has been a pleasure. You're going to be in the code. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I, I guess I can't convince you to stay. Uh, you are well. Um, well, look, I'm tempted, but it's like I'd have nothing to say. It's gonna be so funny because we talk about it, and then Phil will be like, "This is in this film." Yes, it's in this film. Jesus. We, we can't fill the whole episode. We can't possibly have ill-informed views <laughs> of comic all, book movies. Yeah, we all have to have experts. That's not here. just ill-informed, just like not having seen it. You know, that's a whole new level. Um, so all right. okay. All right, all have right. Have fun, well, guys. This is this is uh, this is quite pleasant. No, but uh, like, enjoy. Good luck. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Love, love you. <laughs> love you too. Oh, you too, buddy. <laughs> right. Oh, that's awkward. I told Phil I loved him, and then Darren thought I was telling him. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Graham does it. Otherwise, this would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's still on the Zoom. <laughs> Look, can we all just agree we all love each other? Yeah. In, you know, in... let's break that stigma. Yeah. <laughs> Man hug. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking in my in my. Oh, I've got a bit of a Spielberg thing going on. This is oh. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, ah, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, you're breaking up, Phil. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you're on mute. I need a comb. <laughs> Let it go. Go now. Now Phil's just using us as a mirror. Yeah, go full <laughs> defo. Look, he's just using his hair. As a, he's just using us as a mirror now. Now, now tell well, Graham. What else are we but mirrors of each other? Um, ah, now tell Graham he can uh, take his mother's uh, trident. Oh. Uh, <laughs> take your mother's trident. Um. What? Um. <laughs> All right. I am lost for words. 
Okay, I'm going. Good luck. Goodbye. Okay, Love listeners, to Phil has left to ride a giant shark. <laughs> <laughs> That was an intense nightmare. Thank goodness the edit's almost done on this Justice League thing. That was barely even related to the film that we were discussing. Huh. Skype call? I mean, who even still uses Skype? Can, can I help you? I'm sure you know the Snyder fans are not finished with the 250. The air cut is out there somewhere. We have to record it before it drops out. There's a war coming, and I'm here to help. I'm sorry, who... Who are you again? We actually know each other outside of podcasting, Aaron. Oh, Luke, yeah, yeah. Well, we actually kind of just finished this up. I'm, I'm not actually even in the room where I normally record podcast voiceover. Um, so I'm, I'm actually wrapping up the edit, and I mean, this thing's already incredibly unnecessarily indulgent, and... Uh... You know, I never thought I'd see a fire podcast about Justice League. It wouldn't have happened without you, Darren. Your Patreons would be proud. We we don't have a Patreon. Well, I'll be in touch. Guess I'll see you on Baby Geniuses too. I've heard there was a secret call that David played and it pleased the Lord. You don't really care for music, do you? Goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, 